Welcome to Real Deal Talk, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with my guy, Mr. Tom Foster. Uh, actually, Pastor Tom Foster, right? Anything's possible. Man. Anything's possible. <laughs> God's laughing. <laughs> He's got a sense of humor. That's the greatest part. So, folks, I met Tom uh, actually within about a year, give or take, right? Yeah. Um, And I'd say you're probably the guest that I know the least amount uh, about ahead of time. And that's actually saying a lot because I don't know. I I purposely don't have discussions with my guests because I want to get to know them on film, on video, on audio. Uh But I think you're probably just because you and I've done the bro hug a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it, because usually big dudes, he's a big dude, 6'4", 250, 260. What are you at? Where are you at oh, man, 225. 225? I appreciate it, though. Come on. Yeah, you look you look Back human. in the day. Yeah, back in the day. dog. Not no more. You're a, you're a lean, you're, you're a crisp 225. Maybe. It's very, very generous. <laughs> but anyway, meatheads, we automatically bond. It's just an, yeah. it's the creed. When I you agree. see another meathead that has got muscle on their body that you know that they're not normal, like uh, you automatically bond, and we did. And I said, you know what? And I just knew that you have an incredible story, but with I just know that already. Yeah. Um, and I, military, twenty-two years, yep. retired uh, military as well. Incredible. So uh, I'm I looking for. I don't even know how we officially first met. How do we officially meet? Merge, man. Merge. Merge two years ago, man. Two years. Conference. The two merges I just, saw, go. I just I just saw you out there just just beasting, beasting. on the field, just, yeah. just making it happen. Yeah. Blood running down your face. I was like, I gotta go say hi to this dude, and we just, what up, man? How you doing, brother? I still like, can't believe I, I I still can't believe I did that. Fifty one years old, bro. And yeah. when I heard you had to camp out there, I'm like, this this ain't happening. <laughs> Next thing you know, I got a broken nose. I didn't skip a, I didn't skip one event. I went back with my nose all bloody, and uh, and and Doctor Matt was concerned when I went to emerge, like, oh no, because he knows I'm a prima donna, bro. I sleep in zero gravity with a sleep system and massage features, and. He knows that I'm like I get manicures and pedicures. Like I don't do anything. All this is for my man. Sh- my man takes care of himself. Yeah, this is all for show. For all this sure. muscle here, I don't put it to use ever, other than lifting a weight in a gym. So he was concerned. Like I was going to get there and just be a fizzle out. <laughs> he was. He told me, okay. dude. I was nervous. Like you were because I've seen big meatheads come to this thing and and sure. run away like little babies. Like, yeah. uh. and he said, dude, you like the first day he had heard about me not even knowing it was me this guy this dude broke his nose was shattered and still competing there's blood everywhere and and then he found out it was me he's like oh my god jd it was you (laughs) anyway (laughs) to this day i can't believe that i did that so that's how we first met that's how we first met man unbelievable all right so let's get into this we're gonna go back now all right because i know you got a heck of a story you are uh retired military yeah right okay Um, I know that you're a pastor for the church and you do a whole bunch. You run the, uh, the internship, yeah, I believe for awaken. So, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but here's what we're going to do now. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom is, is we're going to go back a little bit in time because okay. right? we need to find out how this big dude came about and where, you know, when he was a little guy <laughs> okay. back in the day, um, where, like what the, what the backstory is here. We're going to dig okay. out, we're going to dig out some gold. So let's go cool. back. Where, where were you born and raised? So I was born in the central coast of California, okay. San Luis Obispo. I was born in San Luis Obispo in the city of San Luis Obispo. And I kind of lived all around that area. So the central coast has got like multiple, like small towns, Yeah, you know, so it's, it's not a big place, you know, um, born in San Luis Obispo, lived there for a while, then kind of all over, grew up in Los Osos, a little tiny 5,000 person town, kind of on the coast. Um, went to elementary school there. Um, you know, parents were married up until I was in about fifth grade. Yep. And I was the oldest of three boys. Um, and then 
uh, got to kind of navigate that whole, like, you know, like most people, a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of marriages end in divorce, you know, even back in the eighties, you know, so oh, my yeah. parents got divorced in like, I believe it was about 85. They were married like 14 years. Um, how, and that, how did that, how, how did that affect you guys? You know, it's interesting because I told myself, and it's funny now, like, like it'll be interesting how this all comes around. Cause right. now knowing so much about what I know about like spiritual warfare, about yeah. like the kingdom, you know, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of the world and all this kind of stuff. I remember telling myself as like a fifth grader and, and, you know, you could see there were problems in the, in the relationship. It was, it was, there wasn't physical abuse, but there was just like, it just was lame. Yeah. Just sucked, you know, yeah. just fighting all the time, no money, just always stuff going on, you know? And, um, I, I've told myself like, oh, this doesn't really affect me. It's actually like kind of better. They're not fighting, but what a dumb thing to say as a fifth grader to not have your dad like with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like to think that that doesn't affect you, mm. you just don't know. But I was trying to be tough and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and at the time, truly, I think what I did was I just literally just like walled off. Just like literally, you know how you have like, you have like a part of your heart, which is like expectant for things to happen. But then when they don't happen, you have like the choice to continue to expect for those things to happen and continue to be hurt. Or you just have the choice to just like section it off, be like, boom, I'm done. Like, okay, this part is open. This part is closed, closed for business. Yep. So I never have that expectation again. So I don't get hurt. That's what, I mean, that's what we all do. That's, that's, what it, that's it, a it, natural yeah. mechanism that we have. Unfortunately, it's not a kingdom mechanism. Mm. Unfortunately, it's, that's not how God created okay, us yeah, to go, be. Go with this. But anyways, we do that. Anyway, you're young. You don't know. So, you know, you get a thought in your head like, oh, this hurts too bad to deal with. And you don't have anyone who can navigate you through it. So just cut it off. Don't ever let anyone close. So just let it ride. Okay, cool. So what did it do? You know, it's funny because a lot of the things that came out of the divorce were actually really good for me like in the sense of what I learned, but in the sense of the damage that it caused to me inside as a young man, yeah. you know, like, and not realizing the damage because you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, so if, if your whole heart is a freaking circle and you're like, well, this part's not accessible, but this part is, man, this is all that the Lord can do something with, or this is all that you have mm. access to do something with. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the whole rest isn't even accessible. Not even, it's not even there. Like it's, it's, it's there, but it's, it's walled off yeah. because you, you made these agreements early on, you know, but I, I did learn a lot. I mean, I was freaking super responsible. I mean, my mom had to work full time, you know? Um, I remember I watched this crazy movie called the babysitter. I don't know if you remember that movie. Dude's <laughs> like, dude's like, dude's like up in the attic on the, the home had two phone lines, landline phone lines, you know, pre cell phone stuff. And this girl was watching the kids and she kept getting calls and the dude's like, I can see you. I'm going to kill you. Blah, blah, blah. And all the kids. Was it called The Babysitter? It was called The Babysitter, dude. It was like an 80s movie. I watched it when I was like in fourth or fifth. Dude, but was it Elizabeth Shue? No, Shoe? no, it's not that one. It's that one's the funny. That one's the that one's called Adventures in Babysitter. What about the no? What about the one the stranger is calling? Wasn't another one that was? It anyway, might have been that. I don't know. I thought it was called The Babysitter, like, but I could be wrong. But anyways, the gist of it was, I watched this freaking thing. I think it's, and I got freaked out, man. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would walk my brothers home from school every day because my mom wouldn't get home until like five or six she took the bus to in to and from work and i would make them wait outside i would go inside because i was so scared that there was somebody in there i was like ain't happening on my watch i go inside grab the biggest knife that i could from the butcher block and i'd walk through every room go underneath the beds freaking swing that knife around just in case there's a bad guy yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. I would go into the closets and stick that stick that knife in there and swing it around. I would literally clear the house 
before I let my brothers come in, then I let my brothers come in. So imagine doing that at, at fifth grade. And this you know, is a daily occurrence. Daily. This is this is Monday through Friday. Because you saw that movie. Because I saw that freaking movie. It scared the crap I out of me. I think it was a stranger's calling, bro. Because I might that freaking okay. movie. Do you know what I'm talking up. about, yes. though? Scared that. So the dude was like up in the attic. Yeah. On it. Because remember, some some people had two well, phone lines in their house. Remember but you didn't that? know the whole movie in, Correct. until, until finally. It, oh, that, that's when the, well, that's right. When the cops trace the call, yeah, they're like, "It's coming from your it's house." It's coming from in the house, and I just got chills. Do me too, because they said it's coming from in the house. It was like, "Oh my god!" I don't even remember. How, I that's think, it. I think they got the guy. I don't think he actually hurt the family, but I remember being so scared that there was always somebody like in the house <laughs> that I would do legit do that at like fifth grade. Wow! Like so. It taught me to be very responsible. It taught me to be a pr protector. So like um, I'm a legit protector. But the funny thing is I actually don't even like conflict, but I'm really good at conflict. I, but I hate it. Yeah. Like I hate getting in, yeah. you know, dealing with stuff, you know, but I'm good at it. God's gifted me to do it. So I'll do it even though like I don't want to do it. And so your dad at this point, I'm assuming, uh, was there split custody or no? No, we lived just with my mom. My dad would get us like every other weekend my dad uh, lived in the area it's a small area yeah so i'd see him some sometimes and he i'm you know to his credit like my dad was actually like one of my best friends oh that's cool like my dad died in 97 mm. but literally six months excuse me to the day of when he died he was the best man in my wedding oh, that's he wasn't great. the best man in my wedding because like i didn't have anybody else he was the best man in my wedding because i actually i really just enjoyed being around him oh that's cool now for him it was interesting because and i know we're kind of bouncing all over no, it's good we'll get back it's there good. But for him, I think it would be easier to be like my best friend because he didn't actually like carry the burden of like raising a kid. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yes, like I lived yes, with yes. my mom. My mom was the one who, you know, and, and he was like, I just remember uh, he was an entrepreneur, but not very successful. So it was like feast or famine. And most of the time it was famine. Yeah. Uh, but I remember he didn't have like 10 grand in his pocket or nothing. Most of the time it was nothing. Right. So this was back in the day when yeah. like, and so it was always conflict between him and my mom about like paying child support and stuff. And you know, it's not like it is now. You, if you don't pay child support, you like go to jail. Yeah. Like serious game over. Yeah. You don't play games with that. Back then it was back like, then it couldn't was really like, do anything. Hopefully you'd get the check. Exactly. Yeah. Or it'd be like once in a while they'd give you something and expect you to think that, that like you're the savior. Like, cause you gave $600 one time in freaking three or four months. <laughs> my mom would be like, well, where's the rest? Yeah. And then, you know, dad would be like, what do you mean? Blah, blah, you know, and I, I, you'd see some oh, yeah. of that nonsense. I went through it. I, I I'll yeah. never forget bringing the, my dad would take me on weekends sometimes. Yeah. And I'd come back with a $50 check for my dad, 50 bucks, Wow. $50. And it was like, you, it was like peeling a, it was like pulling teeth at him in 50 bucks. Wow. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Dude. So I feel you. I know what you're talking so, about. Okay. So yeah. similar, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, and I think, I think in the eighties was when like divorce became really like started to become like mainstream. <laughs> mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, cause I don't know how, <laughs> how popular it was in like the seventies and the sixties. Maybe my, it was. Mine was done within the seventies. I have no idea. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't see I was born my, in 76 so my parents were divorced in 85-ish yeah I, I don't you know that's interesting that we're talking about this right now hopefully somebody watches it in comments like is it getting worse or is it just people oh, it, are more it, aware like, it's what's, way worse way worse way worse and what's because the reason the, for that the reason is is because there's no value for commitment None. So, so think just look at just look at the world just yeah. look at look at what you've seen in in just in general the degradation of commit everybody wants wants stuff without the commitment so it's like how much more popular is it to live together before you're married now 
Right. So you put all you're, you're playing house. So then, it, then when you actually get married, it, 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 it like dulls it down. Yeah. It makes it like less, less important. Like who cares? We're, we're paid. How many times you heard people say, at least, I mean, I was in the military 22 years. I retired in 2016. I heard people say like, like, like all the time. Oh, well, it's basically like we're married anyway. Yeah. 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 I hear it all the time. Like all the time. Yeah. Now look, I, I'm not hating on people who say that, but, but at the end of the day, I don't agree. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not helping marriages. And then also like, you know, um, it just, it just became like, it just became like the thing. And, and what, what is it? Is it just people in the beginning? This is my theory that I've always yeah, talked about is people, everybody's settling. The majority of people are just settling mm. like for mm. someone that's just, okay, well, I don't think I'm going to do better than this. I have to do this. I'm supposed to get married. I gotta have kids, the programming. Huh. So they just settle with mm. somebody that, and, and then the, and then the beginning, they didn't actually talk it out. What I called the talk. Sure. To get it all out in the beginning, so there's no surprises later. I call it sure. meaning what's you know because then everybody everybody thinks that once we get married things will change. You know what I mean? Like yeah, oh, he'll, he'll get better, yeah. she'll get better yeah. once we get married. We'll yeah. be fine then. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Let's add more stress and make it better, right? Right. <laughs> so I just uh, yeah. people just people settling. What what is it? They're not actually sh- seriously, brother. Tell I, me. I think it has to do with everybody's so up in their stinking feelings that when I first meet somebody. It's exciting, right? Yeah. Like I'm pursuing somebody and the pursuit is exciting because we're, you and me, men, we're meant to hunt, right? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. we're meant to like hunting would be something, whatever it is, whether, you know, now modern day hunting is back in the day, it used to be to live, to eat. You yeah. had to hunt. That's right. Right. But now what does the hunt look like? You know, maybe, it, maybe it's grinding, maybe it's being an entrepreneur, maybe it's like, maybe it's whatever, maybe it's, it's, it's things that you're trying to get better at or whatever, but, but the the pursuit is always super exciting, yeah, right? Yeah. Usually it is, although I have some funny stuff to say about that in a second. But the pursuit is exciting, right? So like, I meet a girl, you're attracted. Whatever it is that you're both attracted to each other, you start to talk to each other, you realize, oh, I kind of like this person. It's exciting, my feelings. Oh, wow, you start to think of the optimism. What could be? What's this going to be like? Then when normalcy hits in, Right. Like, and I'm not saying that the pursuit goes away, but it is different. Right. Like it's, yeah. I've been married. Excuse me. Oh. I just almost knocked everything over. <laughs> yeah. His I've first podcast. He's riled up guys. Let's I, go. I'm, Get I'm him going. going. Well, I got this, uh, this energy drink. It's now. good, right? Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, but then when it kind of sets in, like I've been married 25 years. So it's not, I, I don't feel the same way. Like in the sense of, Oh, is she going to reciprocate? Is she going to mm. like me? Is this going to ha- like, we love each other. We're committed to each other. Like we are unified. It's still exciting to be together, but it's not the same as the initial pursuit. So once that kind of feeling wears off, now you're kind of stuck to like, oh, well, mm, I'm not quite as attracted as I once was to you. Oh, like, oh, that kind of bothers me more than it did. Like in the beginning, yeah. I, I didn't pay attention to that. But now that really bothers me. You know, when you like, tap on that thing or when you if you bite your nails or you leave the toilet seat or whatever it is that you do now that bothers me the feelings are the feelings are changing so now when i chase a feeling just look at hollywood they have every single thing that we've been taught since we were kids that we wanted right influence fame success fortune anything Anything. access to anything anything most miserable people on the planet yeah Uh, and, and look how many of them have committed suicide Oh, it, it, well, it, I don't yeah, even, yeah, I, yeah. I don't even know that there's really a count. No, cause they're are so highly medicated, so highly medicated. Like, yeah. Like brutal. brutal. Um, so they have everything that you're told by the world that you would want. 
right? So if you're born, you know, we were, I was fairly poor when I grew up. I'm, I'm not like dirt poor, but yeah. like pretty, I mean, my mom made 17 grand a year with three boys, one with special needs. We didn't have much money. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that was it, yep. you know, but like, but like they'd say they got everything that we're told we want from the time we're young and they're miserable. So what does that tell you? So now they're with the, the best looking people. They got all, you know, yeah. freaking arranged stuff. It's perfect. It should be perfect. But then it's like crash and burn in flames. Yeah, all of them in flames. Then it's another in flames. Then it's another. I mean, look at that whole, I didn't, I didn't like watch it, but look at that whole, like, like Johnny Depp. And I think it's like Amber Heard yeah. thing, like yeah. that whole divorce that like yeah. played out. You know, it turns out she was the one who was like beating him up. And right. Stuff. That's a yeah. tough one to admit. But hey, dude, do your thing. Well, well, and just the fact that that whole thing was completely, we're not, we go down this route. I know. <laughs> was publicized on the freaking TV. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like kind of, kind of obvious something's going on. But a lot of other stuff that should be publicized exactly. right now was not even near Correct. the TV. Distraction. Again, we could go nothing down this road. Yeah. yeah nothing to see here. Yeah. And we're going to get back on that actually now, <laughs> now that I'm saying it. But talk to me about this, yeah. man, because why is it? Like, what it. Because like, we, like, we think our feelings, that if we. We think that if we feel a certain way, then we're doing the right thing. Hmm. So I'm going to tell you for, you know, so obviously you said I'm a pastor, you know, I'm a kingdom person. Like, I believe that. And, uh, and explain, because you're saying you've said it a lot already, yeah. and I now know what that means. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. our listeners and watchers, explain what can you keep, because yeah. that's this way, but that's not the kingdom way. Yeah, so when I, when I reference the kingdom, I'm yeah. talking about the kingdom of heaven. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. I'm talking about, like, doing things God's way. Yep. Not because I'm trying to, like, check off a box or be get on some religious scorecard where I'm like, look how holy I am. No, because actually, like God is the one who created us. So if we live our life as close as possible to the way he intended us to live our life, that's where we're gonna function in our greatest like efficiency. Yep. That's when we're gonna act and, and it's so funny because worldly people in the world and even I thought that if I do it God's way, that means I got handcuffs on. That right. means I can't actually do the things I want to do, but I'm just trying to do this. So I go to heaven and like, I don't know, but I, we were so deceived and so wrong. Actually think about it, dude, you got a, you got an Apple, uh, a Mac computer sitting right over there. If you tried to run that on a Microsoft, like owner's manual, you had a problem with it and you're like, Hey, I'm just going to do it. Like Microsoft says to do to like fix it or address it or run it. How I'm supposed to run like whatever. Some Microsoft computer, yeah. it wouldn't function. Right. But you have like, like the designer, Apple says, this is how we do this thing. This is how we, this is how this thing is going to run its, in its optimal um, state. So do it this way. Be fine. Yeah. Until eventually, you know, it's pre-programmed to crash and burn. So you have to buy a new one like every five years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> another, that's, it's just a theory, but yeah. I don't know. It's interesting yeah. how that works. But, um, but it's the same thing. So when I look at, when I talk about the kingdom of heaven in the kingdom of heaven, there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no strife, there's no like, there's no, um, I, I'm not jealous of you, like I'm, I can, I, you can be further ahead in me than life, and I can celebrate your success. The kingdom of heaven is about bringing his will, making his will my will, and doing it the way that he has it, has set out for it to be here on earth. Right, so it's like everywhere I go, I have the opportunity to shift the environment that I'm in, mm. to bring light to the environment, to bring light, bring light, yep. not yep. darkness. Correct. 
you know, uh, one of my favorite verses, Matthew five sixteen. it says, let your light so shine that men see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Now it's interesting in the beginning, you're like, oh, what is, I don't even know. Like, I don't, God, what does that mean? But something is on the inside. You, you, you know, you're like, okay, I, I know there's something here that's beyond what I, what I was shown in life. Um, I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to try to do things his way. I'm going to, whatever that means. And what you realize is the Holy Spirit starts to show you different things in your life that are out of order. Mm. And in the beginning, you get an opportunity for just small things. I'll give you an example, dude. I, Hey, look, I got nothing against anyone who cusses. I was a yeah. professional cusser. Yeah. Like I'm Me 20, too. 22 Me too. years in the military, grew up, uh, yeah. public schools, yeah. you know, single family, like, dude, that was kind Me of a, too. that was kind of a thing. Every once in a while, I take one out for a spin, even today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to see if it still fits. Yeah, yeah. You, take <laughs> you know. But um, but it was interesting in the beginning. Like I had this 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 different the, in the beginning of when I first started getting disciple, and I would say it was around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when I kind of just said, "Hey, I'm gonna try to do things God's way." Like, I didn't have much conviction around it. Yeah. I just did. I just talked differently at church. Or around church people, mm. but when I was at the unit, I was like mother effing, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. just going off, right. right? Like adding. Funny thing about cussing is, is it doesn't actually replace words; it just adds words to your sentences. <laughs> so, someone who prides himself on being logical and efficient, which I did, I'm like, it makes no sense. <laughs> I'm trying to do like emphasis, right? You know, um, and then eventually it was like I think it was around like 2010, maybe 11. I just felt like the Lord was just like, you need to stop. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. And so I just stopped doing it. Just just over time, less and less and less. And every once in a while, I slip up. And even every once in a while now, like I said, I'll take one out for a yeah. spin, you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's not part of my thing, you know, because that's something that, that the Lord at that time trusted me with. But before that, maybe it was just he just trusted me just to show up and go to church and just believe. And then as we prove faithful in these small things, more and more gets revealed. Mm. And then you start to see. So it's like, a lot of it's about being faithful. Totally. Everything. Ah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a story in the Bible. Uh, Jesus is telling to the disciples, and he's talking. It's called the parable of the talents. To one was given one thing to look after, to another two things to look after, and to another five things to look after. So what you could look at those, and it's called, they're called talents, like whatever it could be, a measure of money. And there's several different, different variations of this story in the different Gospels. But you could look at, it could be gifting, it could be whatever. So maybe like, take you and me. Maybe I'm a one-talent guy and you're a two-talent guy or, 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 or a five-talent guy or whatever it is. Yeah. But the reality is, is we're all been entrusted with something. So if we're faithful with what we've been entrusted with, we can be rewarded for what we're trusted with. So, for example, in that story, the guy with one, he took it and he buried it, the talent, whatever it is, in the ground. And just, just call it, let's just say it's money. He buried the money in the ground because he's like, I'm actually scared of the person who gave me the money because he's the master. He said, hey, keep an eye on this. I'm going away. I want you to actually be faithful with this. So the guy, the guy with one buried it in the ground did nothing with it. The guy with two... He multiplied it. He, he created four. The guy with five multiplied it. He created 10. So he took five and made, now he's got 10. Master comes back. And the one with five, he says, master goes, oh, wow, what have you done? And he's like, and I'm paraphrasing this. This yes. isn't like, yeah. I'm not like word for word verbatim, yep. right? But I'm paraphrasing this. He says, oh, oh, wow, well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with what I put into your hands. Now look what I can, now I can trust you with more. Same thing he said to the one with two. But the one with one who buried it, he said, hey, master, like I knew you to be like a hard man. I knew that you reaped, that you like 
got got um, you took stuff from areas that you didn't do work for. So I just buried your stuff in the ground. Here's what you had originally. Go on. He called him a wicked and lazy servant. He said, even what he has, take from him and give to the one who originally I gave five. And he cast that person out. So it's actually so faithfulness is being faithful with it because every single one of us yeah. have gifts and talents and abilities. Like we didn't do anything. God-given gifts. Yes. Ta- yes. So think about it. There's just things that you were always naturally good at. Right. That you didn't actually have to like work hard at to, to get or whatever. Like you were just always naturally good at. Yep. That's a gift from God. You think, think about like look at entertainers and stuff like that. Like they have a gift of communication. They have a gift to be able to like sing or whatever. Like those gifts were given to. They didn't have to. Now, sure, you hone the gift. Yeah. Of course you do. Like, but in order to get it, it's just like, you remember, I mean, we sports guys, right? Like yeah. I played sports. There were just certain people that were just more gifted athletically oh, for sure. than me. Yeah. Like you were just guys who, I, I, I could just imagine what Michael Vick looked like when he was like, you know, crazy in high school. Yeah. Like, he, he, you know, it's not like he'd spent a lifetime training or anything like that. This yeah. is always the fastest. Yeah. Always had great vision. Bo Jackson was another one. You know what I mean? Like just did crazy stuff, just different gifts. Didn't have to do anything to get that gift. Now, but here's the thing with the gift. God's not impressed with a gift. Okay. Like he, he didn't impress with you because he gave it to you. You're right. He's impressed by what you do with the gift. Do you use the gift to glorify me? If you do, man, I can reward you differently. If not, the very thing that I gave to you, if you do it the world's way, will actually torment you. Mm. Think about mm. it. Imagine how you you, are, you know why there's so much like suicide and despair and all this stuff in like in like the elite of the like you know, in yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. How tormenting would it be if everyone's telling you you're the most amazing person mm. I've ever seen? Like yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. awesome. Oh my gosh, can you just sign this? Oh, you know, people are literally worshiping you. Like you, people worshiping. literally say like, he's my idol. He's my idol. But inside, you're like, you feel despair. You don't feel fulfillment. You don't actually have purpose. You're actually popular because you're pretending to be something. You're not even the things that you're pretending to be. Wow. You're in a freaking war movie, and you look like a hero, but you're actually not a hero. Like, you didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. Like, you're pretending to be somebody else. Imagine how tormenting that would be. You've achieved everything that you were always told your whole life is what you need to be happy, and you're miserable. Your options, you're done. You're done. That's, dude, it, how, talk about hopelessness. It's almost better to have nothing. It, and I've talked about this a lot, by the way, this yeah. exact topic, yeah. Yeah. but not in a kingdom way, yeah. but actually kind of indirectly in a kingdom way, because, you know, I'm new to the church, yeah. a year and a half, maybe, if I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always talked about, like, I trip out on this, man. Yeah. I really think about it all the time. All okay. these, like, um, like Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston. Totally, man. Prince, go down the list. I know. Uh, Elvis. Yeah. The king of the king, the king, the king, yeah. meaning of their, their thing. The king of pop, yeah. the king of rock, the king. Of, yeah. Like, what, and I always say, when you're worshipped, like, like, what does that feel like? And eventually, and I knew it was a lot of it was public scrutiny also, because then you're also very like, totally, yeah, which drives you insane. But you so know tell what, me, you, keep going with this, but man. But you know what? I don't, I don't actually think that the public scrutiny is what takes you out. Get, I mean, I think what it is is inside, you know, that there's nothing else. Wow. Like, because the reality is, man, if if you're given a gift by a creator in, in our case we believe the only way 
is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that God created us. He created the male and female. He made them in his image and his likeness. We believe that, right? If you aren't using what was given to you to glorify him. Now, what does that look like? Mm. It's different. It doesn't yeah, mean you're yeah. a pastor. Because right. I used to think that the only people who were close to God were pastors. That's, that's what I thought. And, and for a time, that's kind of what was uh, what the church said, like mm. years ago, like not our church, but like in the 80s and 90s, like you just almost like people feel like like successful businessmen, like felt guilty to be successful. Yeah. It was like the whole like driving down, like, oh no, we're supposed to just have just barely enough like for yourself. If you have more, you're like greedy. And they would twist scriptures up and say all these, these nonsense things to make people feel bad for being good at what they were gifted at. Now, what do I use my gift? If I use my gift to build just my kingdom, that's not, you know, whatever. If all I'm, if all I'm after is you get myself the biggest house, the nicest car, nicest clothes, all the, and that's it, right? If it yeah. ends there, that's not kingdom. That's not the kingdom of heaven. That's right. your kingdom. Yeah. You're building your kingdom. But if you build his kingdom, then those other things can be and added. And elaborate on you. that. Elaborate on what that looks so like. So as I build his kingdom, what does it look like? So for me, what it looks like, what am I called to do? I'm called to disciple. I'm called to pastor. I'm called to mentor. I'm called to shepherd people. To take people from one, the same way I was. I showed up in a place and I just was like, there's something here. I don't really know what it is, but yeah. I'm here. I'm going to stay. I'm going to get around people who I see like, there's stuff on their life that I would like to have, you know, not, not from a sense of like, of like, I want your car, I want your house, but in a sense of, I just want like how you live. Yeah. Cause like you live kind of like yeah. transparent and free, oh, yeah. you know? So it's like, so then you just start to, you just start to follow that and then, okay, what does it look like? So what did kingdom look like for me when I was in the military? What kingdom looked like for me was shifting how I acted in there. Cause I always treated people well, but taking it to another level. I was a pretty senior guy. I was a command master chief, so I was like one of the top dogs at the unit. But you know, a lot of guys in my in my uh, my peers, they were kind of like gruff and like, you know, people would be like, they ha people like have to greet you in the military, right? Yeah, they'd be right. Like, good morning, master chief. Yes, yeah. And they'd be like, hey, good morning, you know, or some some guys would, you know, some guys are cool. But I'd always go out of my way to be like the first. Hey, dude, what's going on, buddy? Like, learn their name. Like, just just make your environment better. Like, right. that's what it looked like to me was making my environment better. And then, like, when people came to me with things, it was like, okay, what can I do? Can I give them a worldly answer or a kingdom answer? Someone come to me and say, oh, I'm all jacked up. Hey, man, would you be willing? Would you be cool if I prayed for you? You know, whatever, just small things. Yeah. And God started to see that he could trust me with, like, little things like that when no one's looking. And then he started to put me in different positions. Now I get to oversee our internship at the church, which is amazing. It's focused discipleship program. People are like, I'm committing to a year to to be here come in two days a week to pay money to 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 sacrifice my time my treasure and my talent to see god move in my life and i get to oversee that program wow that's pretty cool yeah you know but then but then it's just like it's just do what do i bring with me everywhere i go do i bring the kingdom of heaven or do i bring the kingdom of darkness like how do i treat people what is it what does that look like what do i tolerate what what am i around you know am i dabbling am i in am i in one world and another no or do i Am I the same person in every environment? I think that's the biggest thing, man. Mm. Being the same person everywhere you go, but but that person needs to be the person that God created, not just someone. I just keep it real because I just keep it real. You know, who's like negative and sucks. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. But pessimistic. They're, they're real, but not really. Like, be the real you that God created, and the only way you find out is to submit and surrender everything to Him, and then see where He takes you. Because the life I live now is crazy. And I'm not even talking about like the, 
I'm not really, t- I, I feel blessed. Like we're blessed financially. I can get, get like retirement and stuff like that. And I, and I get, I get a, a, a salary from the church and stuff too. And I'm not a millionaire by any means, you know, but I've got some other opportunities and, and all this stuff. But dude, seriously, it's, it's about what's inside because what I have inside, I never even thought was possible. Mm. Like, like I literally, I mean, I had a public persona, a work persona, a church persona, a home persona, a friend persona. It's all these things. They like get exhausting. It's like, like and this who, is common. Totally, dude. That's right. Isn't yeah. It? Like yes. at least I think everybody I feel like lives like that. Unless you Absolutely. have this, it's like I got to act a certain way around my parents. I got to act a certain way in church. I got to act a certain way at work. I got to act a certain way around these friends. I got to act a certain way around these friends. Oh wait, that guy's got money, so I got to act a, way, a certain way around him. It's exhausting. Yeah. I, but I just thought that's how life was. I, and so does everybody else pretty much thinks that way. But it's not. No. So, so that's what I'm saying. What I have, no amount of money could buy. You could sit here and go, dude, I'm going to give you a freaking billion dollars. Everything in the rest of your life is taken care of. You just got to give up what you got on the inside. Be like, there's no freaking. You, 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 you can be like, dude, you're going to go to heaven too. Like your salvation is good. Like you're going to go to heaven when you die. But but you you, you got to go back to some compartmentalization in your life. But I got a, you know several billion dollars here, and, and here's an island, and there's, there's I surf, so there's great waves there. You, you, you can offer me anything. I'm not giving it up because what I have now, I didn't even think was possible. Like, I, dude, it's it's insane. It's it's completely so, insane. So so keep going, bro. Keep going. This is excellent, man. I love this. So keep going okay. with this. Look, look look at this. We went back to childhood, and now we're flowing on the kingdom. What people are struggling right now more than ever is it just the media pumping in the negativity? Like, where? How wow. do you how do you get started on this? How do you get started besides coming to Awaken Church? Yeah, it's great. Seriously. Because that's what did it for Rachel, my wife and I. We were already a very harmonious, beautiful life. But then, as soon as we stepped through the doors of Awaken, it was like that. Just it just it just feeded it so much fuel to our fire. Anyway, I'm not going like, to go too much for. But like you, where's everybody? You, you didn't know what you didn't know. Exactly. Like so, you were stoked. You were like, dude, this is pretty. Good. Yeah, this is great. It's awesome. Like things life are going is beautiful. Well. And then, then you walk through, and you're exposed to something that you can only be exposed to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, like you did everything you could in your own effort, and you're a freaking good dude. You know, gen- all, all this kind of you're already living kingdom principles. Yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. But then now you're exposed to something where you're like, wow, there's even more. Wow. Okay. What is this like? And then the shedding starts to happen. These things that we've carried our whole life. You know that, but and we just got used to it. We just normalized. We're just like, cool. We're good. Then the shedding starts to happen. So, okay, so, but your question is, how do I do it? And by the way, you, speaking of shedding, Tom, uh, we did a deliverance with my Pathfinder class, and Tom was the, the, our pastor that night, and you and I had a moment yeah. of deliverance, and yeah. the deliverance, one, the one thing that I hadn't really completely shed yet was very similar, was my dad. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if you remember, yeah, but vaguely, it, it, yeah. was, it was about my dad who they divorced very early and he just was never, literally never present. Right. And then when he passed away, I was, I felt so bad about this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe I'm saying this on, on air, but yeah. like he was dying and he was in New Mexico and I didn't even get on the phone with him. Yeah. And wow. I felt terrible about that. Yeah. And you helped me get rid of that, the, the, the guilt and the shame that I just didn't even talk to him. Cause I didn't, I don't know. It was, it was 
but you were that you were my guy there. Yeah. You were the one with me on that. Yeah. I was honored to be, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I look at it and I go and I go, look at what God trusts me with. I mean, I yeah. do I do ministry like that for all kinds of people. You know, like, for, look at the moment you had with me. Yeah. Ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. Just on the fly. Yeah. All yeah. right. So I remember right. you're like, hey, dude. Let's just, I just, I need to, I need to, we need to talk about some stuff. I was like, let's go, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And we just let, let God do what God does. I'll, I'll, I'm just a facilitator, man. You know what I mean? Like yes. willing and obedient, yes. you know, it's like, that's it. And, and I think like, okay, so we're, I, I'm, I, I like to say, I'm, I just hit things with a freaking bird shot, you know, it just goes everywhere. Right. Like yeah. whenever, when I, I speak about stuff, it's kind of all over the place, but, but that's how, that's how like, like the Lord works. It's like when you give him everything, it's like now he's like, hey, I see that you're trustworthy in these things. So now I'm going to trust you with the, with my greatest commodity, which is my people. children, my children, my people. Yes. And like not just your people, but like deep, dark, crazy stuff. Like yours wasn't like gnarly or no. anything, you know, but uh-huh. it's, it, it's hurting. It's wounding. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like dealing with wounding, And all of us have wounds. You know, the only one who heals the wounds is Jesus. You know, because Jesus was given the mandate to heal the brokenhearted. That was part of what was prophesied about him in uh, the book of Isaiah. It's actually the first scripture, the first sermon that Jesus spoke. He actually read the scriptures talking about him. And so, so I'm willing and obedient to be used. God has seen that I've been trustworthy in certain things. And I'm not saying this because I'm holier than anybody. I, I, I'm not trying to come across like, well, because I've done this, I get yeah. this. Once right. we get there, we're screwed. Right, yes. Because now it's You're like, done. now I'm righteous by my works. No, I'm, I'm actually righteous because I believe that Jesus Christ is the risen Son of God who sits at the right hand of the Father, who's my Lord and my Savior, and His righteousness is imputed to me. It's actually given to me because I actually deserve, I don't deserve what I have. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I haven't earned what I got. Like, it's through Jesus, and then now I, I'm, I'm been seen trustworthy in things, and so He trusts me with crazy stuff. Like the stuff that I know is insane. Like the stuff that I've been exposed to and help people walk through, like, you know, there's things they could never tell anybody. Yeah. And like crazy stuff. Like, like nothing. Let me just put it this way, JD. Nothing surprises me. Nothing. And that's like, saying like a lot. Nothing. <laughs> that's saying a lot. Like the gnarliest, like, like even, even things sometimes that I would think that I would be like offended about, like want to actually do something physical to somebody. That because bad, of, like oh, as 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 unimaginable as you can imagine, wow. like crazy stuff. But like God's given me a grace to be able to like walk people through. Because the reality is, is like like the kingdom is actually for everybody. Everybody, like it's actually everybody. not exclusive. We just exclude ourselves because we believe these nonsense lies. We believe all this stuff, and unfortunately, like the church. When I say the when I when I reference the church, I'm talking like the body, like Correct. the whole yeah. church in general. Like think churches across America hasn't done a good job of selling what the true gospel really is, or even showing what actual power is. Because like what it is is people will come in, guys like you and me would come into a church, um, not like our church, but you just kind of you just have this overwhelming environment of like weakness. Yeah, you'd be like, I, I don't really want anything to. That's why about. I never. Went to stuck with a church in forty years. Forty, it's like, like some nothing, like oh, no juice, know. no power, no that's nothing. That's what I mean. So it's there's like, nothing. It's it's not like I'm looking and going, man. That's something I. It's not, it's not like I look at Pastor Jurgen and go, I want to be Pastor Jurgen. But I look at Pastor Jurgen and I go, man, like I'm inspired by you. Yeah. 
Like I am totally inspired by you. Like you're walking in, you're gifting, you're calling, you're anointing what God has called you to be, right? And then you look at like a Dr. Matt, Pastor Dr. Matt, and you look at, he's walking in his gifting, his calling, his anointing, what God has called him to be. You look at like Pastor John, you look like all these other guys that are leaders in our, in our church at Awakened Church. And this is just a plug for Awakened Church. If you don't go, come check it out. Yeah. Like seriously, just come check it out. Just walk through the door. Just Just walk walk through through and just see what's up. Yeah. And just, and just say, and if you don't, if you don't, if you don't follow the Lord, if you don't believe, just, just say a simple prayer and say, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me and look and you'll see, look and you'll find and he'll be there. And, and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. And so, so, so go, so keep going with the thing where somebody's one, cause I have friends of mine, as you know, in the last year and a half, tons of people have come through us, me and my wife to the church. Tons. Awesome. Like tons. Amazing. Transformations, name it. It's insane. So I realize, okay, I'm a major vessel and a light that's just flowing and they're flowing through me. Then I have friends right now that are going to be watching this podcast or that are still teetering. I just don't get it. I don't yeah. understand. I don't can't because some some people heard about Rex Crane this past weekend because I just freaking blew it up all yeah, over yeah, all, yeah. all over my social media. I yeah. was kept posting video after video after video how he just absolutely I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Wow, ever. Wow. Just dropping people like flies, laying people out, yeah. touching them, touching them, touching, boom, boom, boom. And then the Holy Spirit coming through me, and I was I was sobbing, like Dude. a baby, wow. like a baby. And let me let me ask you something. Sobbing, sobbing so about that when that Tell happened me. to you. Did what did you feel inside when that happened? Because some people would walk in and be like, "What the hell is wrong with that guy?" When it came, you get when, what, I'm, when that I want, with me? I, what I want you to do is I want you to share what was going on inside of you when that was happening. When I when I because I realize I I. man, this is even hard to even put into words. My high calling is so big. And at that moment, I felt this thing come through me as he was just putting it out there. He had the band go down to acapella singing hallelujah. Were you at the Balboa service when this happened? I was, I was not, I was in kids. He came to kids with us. And I felt this thing, and I, and I went with a buddy of mine who's also a meathead. Two meatheads sitting next to each other. Right. We were both freaking sobbing like babies, dude. And I, we wow. didn't look at each other, but I could hear him, and he could hear me. I was growling, snots going everywhere. Yeah. I just felt this, such this power uh-huh. coming through me that my calling is so big, uh-huh. and I'm actually in my calling right now, uh-huh. and it's coming through me for the first time on every level that it ever has in my entire life because that's all I've talked about my whole 10 last 20 years is find your gift, find your potential, maximize it and do that's make it happen, make a difference and make no excuse. This is my it's beautiful, thing, man. Right. I love it. It's all, it's the same thing. I just was doing yeah. kingdom stuff. I didn't even know it. Yeah. But then when I, he was coming, it came through me so much that I realized my calling on how powerful and what I've been given by, by the, my creator is to my job. Like uh-huh. I just, it overwhelmed me. And it just started, it's just, I just started bawling, dude. Wow. Bawling. Like the fact that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords trusts you for that. That's it. That was it right there. That was that I'm actually been given this and he, uh, he's going to, he's letting me do my, he's letting me be my yeah. light. Yeah. And through him, working through him in the, and just, oh, yeah, man. Pretty amazing. <sighs> so for you, nothing manufactured, totally genuine. Correct. Like you had, you had no like thought that that was going to happen. No. Like when you're in there. I knew but, that. But you're open to whatever. You're like, 
I show up yep. and I'm open. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I think, it. I think that's a great, that's a great spot to be in. I would say to the people that you're talking about yes. who are like, I'm not over the edge. Like I don't buy it. Yeah, like, come hey, on. This what is, is just this? like the next thing, whatever, dude. The, the not the stuff that they have believed that and I'm just speak I'm speaking to the audience now that that falls in there what you have believed are lies from the enemy the things that you've seen the hypocrisy of religious leaders like the other things like like all this stuff is not what the kingdom is it's not what the kingdom is like it's totally different so you've seen jacked up stuff and you've made a judgment on things and I understand why you've done it but I want to tell you that that's actually not what you're trying, what you should be wanting to get into. The stuff that you've believed about your own life is not true. Mm. The stuff you've believed, the limiting things, the, the other things, the stuff you believed about God is not true because God loves you. He is for you. Come into an environment where the best in you can be brought out and celebrated and honed, you know, because here's the thing. If you're in a church, if you go to a church and they put a ceiling over you, meaning like you'll never be here, leave. But if you're in a church that puts boundaries on you, great. You should want boundaries. Boundaries are great because boundaries keep you in play. Now, boundaries don't mean like, hey, hey, I saw you smoking a cigarette outside. Like, that's not how we roll. Yeah. That's, not, that's not what it means. Yeah. But it's like, hey, you're not supposed to. You're actually, your best life is intended to be lived in between here and here. It's not intended to be lived out, out here. But I'm not putting a ceiling over you because... You could do anything. God's called you to do something. You do it his way. You could do anything. The, what he's called you to do seems massive. You can't do it in your own strength. Yeah. Oh, no, way. You, no way. So you got to be relying on him. But what do you got to do? All he's saying is, hey, J.D., I just need you to be faithful and obedient. I just need, all I need is simple, just surrender. Yeah. It, it's so funny because we think of surrender and submission as weakness. Like, but surrendering and submitted, submitting to your creator, he's not the one who's like, hey, you suck, and this is what you have to do for me to like you. No. He's like, hey, look, all the stuff that you've been shown that has brought negativity to your life freaking sucks. Like, that's not my intent. Like, my intent is for you to live the greatest life. Let's just take, for example, let's just take one for example. Yeah. Let's just take sex before marriage. Let's just talk about that for a second. Yeah, tell listen, 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 listen. People listening, hey, look, me and my wife had sex before we were married. You know, I was sexually active before whatever. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying anything. But look at, so if God's design is to wait to have sex until you're married, what has that screwed up? People will say, well, you got to test the goods out before you, yeah. you go. you right. got to take it for a spin make sure you're compatible. So here's the thing. The Bible says that when two the man and the woman come together, they create one flesh. They actually become one flesh in the, one flesh in the spirit. That's God's intent. So coming together, like know, know each other, is a, is a sexual reference, meaning they have sex. So every person we have sex with, we create oneness with. So that means every person that I had sex with before my wife, I created oneness with. It means I, I, I took what was intended for marriage and brought it outside of marriage. So there's dysfunction that comes with it. So when I look back and I think back to any of the sexual relationships that I had before my wife, none of them, none of them, like, I'm not, oh, oh I remember that. That was good stuff. I, I seriously, I don't, I don't live in regret because that's not kingdom. Kingdom is not to live in regret. Mm. Kingdom is to walk forward. But I do go, man, my uh, things would have been, I wouldn't have had to walk through certain things had that not happened. So look, okay, if we waited until we we're married to have sex, 
we there would probably be way less unwanted pregnancies, right? There'd be way less STDs, right? Because yeah. I mean, I had to get a blood test before I got married, right? I don't, I don't know if they still do that. Yeah. Maybe that's discrimination or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, maybe you could sue your fiance for discriminating against you because you have an STD. Or I don't know what, what you could do now. But I know I had to get a blood test before I got married. So very simple. Well, and by the way, probably pr- pretty low chance of having an STD if I haven't had sex. Right. Pretty low chance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'd say. So if you think about all these things, and then there's also the lack of creating oneness with people who aren't even your future spouse. Mm, so if you think about all these things, so if God's way says that, is that actually not the better way? Like you could say, oh, but but I enjoy the feeling. Well, think about how, how sex. When you have sex outside a covenant, covenant is recognized as marriage. When you have sex outside of a covenant, all you get is pleasure. How long does the pleasure last? Dude, for me, it's like three seconds. <laughs> Afterwards, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like however long the act takes. You know, the act, whatever. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't three seconds. Hopefully it wasn't three seconds, <laughs> but it's three seconds of amazingness. Right. But get, you get what I'm saying, man. Like like after yeah. after the dude does his thing yeah. and he's done, it's not like you're sitting there for the next hour like, oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Three, three to five seconds, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, done. The feeling's gone. It's done. Like it, like you're, maybe you're pumped because you did, but like, yeah. so what does that tell you? You didn't really need it anyways. Mm. Interesting. It's not lasting. Yeah. It's not lasting. So if you think about it, like look at look at that. Is that would you agree that that's better for your life or worse for your life? I, I, I mean, now that you explain it like that, I would say better. Like, would that be better for the world or worse for the world? Better for the world, overall. Overall, right? Absolutely. Now I know people don't agree. I I, I get that, but I just say look back. How, how many I I can just look back at the life that I've lived and the people I've lived around, and I can observe. From, from the things that they did and look at the fruit on their lives. Here's, I give every single person on here permission to come and look at my life and see if there's fruit on it. And explain what that means. It means that there should be evidence of the things that I'm involved in for good, right? Right. So in, okay. so in other words, like, like um, if, I, if what I stand for Right, so I stand for the kingdom of heaven. I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe He's called me to do great things here on this earth, and I believe that He has called me to come and be a light in the darkness, the dark parts of the world. Right, however He wants to use me. Right. Now, if you look at my life and you go, "Ah, oh, that sounds great," but you're a douchebag, like you freaking suck. Like, look, I seen how you interact with people. I saw you at Target and you were yelling yeah. at one of the workers. Like, that you're a hypocrite. You're not even real. Oh, no, actually, I saw you at Target. You didn't even know I was there, but I saw how a, 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 a conflict came up and how you, how you handled it, and you didn't even know anyone was there. Oh, I saw you walking out in the parking lot, and you saw a piece of trash, and you picked it up and threw it away, and no one was even looking. I'm not saying you got to pick up trash and throw it away, but I am saying it's funny because I do do that sometimes, and you know what? I feel like sometimes, as, as silly as it sounds, it's like that's just something to see if God can trust me with. Now, I'm not going to clean up a whole parking lot, you know, unless yeah, the Spirit yeah, of God tells me. Yeah. But, but it comes to my attention, and I go, sometimes I walk past, and I'm like, I'm not picking up that. But then I'm like, no, I turn back around. For some reason, it came to me. I just pick it up, you. throw it away. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. stupid little things like, like nobody sees. But I think, like, the coolest thing mm. about the kingdom of heaven is, like, God sees everything. So even when man doesn't, like, say I work for you and I'm humping mattresses, not, like, physically, yeah. but I'm, like, carrying them yeah. in, you know yeah. what I'm saying? 
and like but you're busy you, you're not like you're not giving me pats on the back or anything like the lord sees all that he sees what i do so god sees what's done in private and he rewards openly but if i'm seeking if i'm seeking like if i'm seeking like praise from men that's all i'll ever get mm. you know, it, at best yeah at best at best that's all i'll ever get and the problem is if that's what i want and that's what i get when i get it it ain't enough it's never enough because i'm putting you in the position of god I'm saying I, I, I can appreciate compliments now. You know, back in the day, I couldn't appreciate compliments. I would, I would do the deflection. Oh, no, no, man. You're awesome. No. Yeah. Oh, no. I, could, I couldn't even like. That's could, like human nature almost. Dude, I was like, because well, here's the thing. You're like dependent upon it. But you can't appreciate it. Isn't it's that crazy? Weirdest Isn't the weirdest thing? thing. Now when someone says something nice, I'm not like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, man, thanks. I really yeah, appreciate thank you. that. I, that. I can be like genuine. I can genuinely tell you that. You, you say, hey, man, you're awesome, dude. Thanks for thanks for coming out. Like, oh, dude, that's my pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So like I can appreciate those things. So now here's the deal. If the words of man make you, then the lack of the words of man or the shift in the words of man will break you. But if who I am, like God has called me his son, you can't give me the title of son of God. You can't give me that. Only God can give that to me. Okay, so repeat the first one there. Okay. If man, give if, me that again. If, there's gonna and, be a, and there's, gonna, mul- there's multiple. It's going to be a sound bite, so go. There's multiple ways to say it. But um, if the words of man make you, then the words of man will break you. Or the lack thereof, the words, however you want to put it. So, in other words, if 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 you're my you're my dad, whatever it is, and like I I am solely dependent upon you to validate me, and you do for a time, but then something shifts and you take it away. Now I'm not valid because I've become right. You're my god. Would would you say that the Hollywood like the elite? Do you think that's part of the problem? Is they're being like worshipped uh, or by man? Could I could only imagine how bad that would be I mean, I mean think about it you start to believe kind of your own press and of you course. just become freaking weird just weird like what about all the weird things that you see like look at these look folks at... doing like, this is weird man like because you can't you actually can't take it you're not meant to be worshipped and like what, what's the comedian that just killed himself within the killed committed Which, suicide that the freaking are you talking robin yes williams, robin williams couple, like um, a year ago or whatever what about ago? the other guy that went on the the the, the food guy he's still bothering me that oh, he's gone bourdain bourdain yeah so give it and i'm i want to go further on this yeah like because i'm fascinated by this whole thing yeah is it we're just not meant to be worshipped? So it just we're internally we we it drives us insane. Yeah. Like what what happens? Yeah. So it's one of the commandments. You're not supposed to worship any like graven image or anything other than God. You're not even supposed to create something that looks like God because you actually don't even know. So if you're you're only supposed to worship God, the Creator, right? But then I put myself now I become God because that's the other thing is we're all, everyone's like their own God now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like whole humanistic thing. Like, I'm my own God. So I live my truth. Like, what's your, you live your truth. I live my truth. No, there has to be like an underlying what is truth. And so you see truth is under the attack right now. Yeah. You know, like it's completely like to the point where it's being taught in school. There's like, I don't know. What, how many genders now? I don't know. I don't it's know. Like 150 something. or something. Yes. I don't even, it's insane. Like, it's male or female. You're male or female. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I understand confusion, why people are confused. You know, there's traumatic things. There's things that come through our bloodline. Right. There's yeah. all kinds of things we're exposed to. Absolutely. There's indoctrination. There's stuff like that that confuses people. You know, I can understand why they're confused, but at the end of the day, like, truth is truth. It, it, it either is or it isn't. It's not like I can't, I can't have my truth be like, well, hey, like, well, my truth is, is my car runs off water. I just, I don't put gas in, I put water in it. Yeah. How far would I go? I don't go far at all. It's yeah, not stupid. far at all. Like I'm forced, but I, but I force you to believe that. Like, yeah, yeah. but you're, you're like, that's stupid. No, you, you, you have a combustion engine that runs off of gasoline. Go ahead and fill it up with water and see what happens. Yeah. Well, you live your truth. I'll live mine. Yeah. Amazing. Freaking. Yeah. Freaking Neanderthal. What do you know? <laughs> I'm trying to save the planet. Who are you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, so going back to the people that, that are just, they know there's something more in life. Yeah. They're not hitting their stride. They're just, they're internally struggling with where do they start again besides coming to Awaken, just walking through the doors because we're very blessed here in San Diego to have this church because all you literally have to do is walk through those doors and it's a done deal. Yeah. It really is. It's a done deal. If you'll you'll just buy in, it is. Just walk through the door and and open. uh, Yeah, exactly. And stay open and, and receive. Yep. And that's it. Yep. But anybody who's not here, because I got East Coast listeners, yeah. I got people listening around the world now. Where do they this to 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 live a fulfilled life of purpose and joy? Yeah. Which is how I think I can sum it up: living through the our God given gifts and doing good in the whatever. Yeah. Where do they start? That's great. Well, I think first of all, it would be like the the the, the greatest thing we can do is decide who we're going to worship. Mm. Who is going to be our God? Okay. Is our God going to be our money? Is our God going to be our possessions? Is our God going to be like other people? What's our God? So if you're not a follower of Jesus, here's what I just asked. A simple, simple prayer. Just say, Lord, if you are real, like reveal yourself to me. Like if you are what these guys are talking about, then I just want you to show yourself to me. Then I would just ask that you just be open to it. There's crazy stuff happening. There's crazy stuff that's been happening over in the Muslim parts of the world where people are having like legit visitations from Jesus Christ. Well, he's just showing up and blowing everything away. And they're like, they're like giving everything up. They're like, we're done. Like, we can't, we can't do this. Oh, we can't do like the Islam thing. We can't do really? it. Like, cause Jesus is there. He's like, no, I'm, re- I'm right here. Like he's like, shows up to them in their dreams and they convert right then. So then, so ask that. And wait for, and see it, to, and, and just be open for it to happening. So, in other words, don't say that. Be like, yeah, freaking, blah, blah, like yeah. whatever. And, and he still may show up anyways. Yeah. But like, just look for it. So, ask first of all. If the guy that JD and Tom are talking about right now, if if God the Creator, the way they're talking about it exists, then I want you to show yourself to me, and I'm willing, however that looks, to show yourself to me, and then look for him, and then when he reveals himself, then call upon him. And say, okay, I'm going to follow you. And then now it's like, okay, what does that look like? Maybe, you know, it depends on where you're at. You find a great spirit-filled church. So what you want to find is a church that is like um, open to everything in the sense of, I don't, when I say everything, I don't mean like all religions. Okay, I yeah. mean like Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. But what I mean is like one that believes in like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, meaning the stuff that were empowered, like the power that you felt, the things you feel to go out and change the world, which is exactly what fell upon the disciples, the people who followed Jesus when Jesus finally went, ascended to heaven, you know, was they were given the gift of the Holy Spirit and they went out and changed the world. 
like change the world. We're talking about it right now, 2000 and some years later because of what they did, because of the empowerment that they had. Jesus actually said it's better that when he was walking with them, right? Yeah. He was, they were, it was about proximity. When he left, he said, it's better that I go because the helper's going to come. The Holy Spirit's going to come. So any, any church that doesn't believe in like faith, hope, and love, the, the, those are the, by the way, those are the fingerprints of God, faith, hope, and love. Got it. Faith, hope, and love. So one great way to kind of test some things in your life is do the thoughts that I have bring faith, hope, or love? This is great. If they don't, then here's the fingerprint of the enemy. Steal, kill, and destroy. If the thoughts that I have steal, kill, or destroy parts of my life, that's a thought from the kingdom of darkness, from Satan, from the enemy. Faith, hope, and love is the fingerprint of God. So you and I are supposed, when we put our fingerprint down, our fingerprint should be one of faith, hope, and love. So we should bring those things where we go. Wherever we go. Wherever we go. That's your mandate. Like, I'm actually, you're an ambassador of the Creator. You're an ambassador. Everything you stand for, you're an ambassador for. I mean, you know that. Yeah, well, yeah. Everything we stand for, that, uh, that's what it is. So I'm an ambassador first and foremost for the kingdom of heaven. So I come down. So everywhere I go, I should bring faith, hope, and love. Everywhere I go, that's what I should. If, if, if I bring steal, kill, and destroy, I'm operating under the spirit of the enemy. So look and see what you got. Now, if you got homies on this, people, man, uh, have them connect with us. Like yeah, I, I, I can I can give put the, my email address your, whatever yeah, your your info will be all over your yeah bio put put it in there and um if they're like hey man I'm in Philadelphia and I need like a good like a good church we can look and see if we know people there that we because there there are like some churches that'll be more limiting than others and there are some churches that don't believe that the gifts are for today hmm. that like you and I aren't actually supposed to really live an empowered life we're just supposed to live a forgiven life and someday we go to heaven. No kidding. Dude. Yeah. How a lot, is right? that? A light. There's a lot like that, aren't there? A lot. There's movements like and, that and, that are and, based on that, that spend time talking about that stuff. And it's like, no, I've actually seen with my eyes miracles, signs, and wonders. I've seen people delivered of demonic like oppression. I've seen legit stuff leave people. I've seen people come in one way and leave another. I've seen people riddled with fear and anxiety and torment. I've seen people who have had abortions, who've had this thing just tormenting them, and they can remember every single moment of it. And then I've seen and walked them through prayer where Jesus comes in and shifts the whole thing. Well, they were once totally condemned and totally guilty and ashamed, and there was an area of their life which they felt like I could never do anything. Like, like I'll always be limited because of the choice that I made. And then when they see Jesus show up in a vision in the clinic, they're with him, with them, like holding their hand. Like, not happy for what happened, but, but sad for what happened to the, to the individual. You know, and then get healed and be like, I've never, I didn't even know this was possible. I thought I'd have to carry this the rest of my life. Wow. And now I'm actually like, I feel forgiven and I feel cleansed. I feel the shame has left. Like, cause you know, like I can't, I can't tell you that shame has left. You know what I mean? I'll be no, like, oh, yeah. JD, yeah. I can see, oh, we prayed, dude, your shame's gone. Yeah. You can be like, dude, you're full of crap. I still feel ashamed. <laughs> yeah. I can't, yeah. that, you're the one, I'm like, don't. I always seek feedback when I pray for people. Did something happen? Yeah, that you did. Like, that, don't, that. don't freaking tell me. to. I don't need it to feel better. Like, I want to know. Or, or is there something that we're missing? Is there something that we need to welcome the Lord into? I've seen those things happen, man. Like, crazy stuff. Yeah. 
crazy, insane things happen. It's real. So if you're in an environment where that's not even like at least talked about or celebrated, leave. Because all it's going to do, it'll, it'll, it'll confine you to this like religious structure where you'll come into maybe you'll buy in because you're like, well, I, I want to go to heaven. I, I believe this stuff is real. So I just got to do everything so I make sure I do go to heaven. I do everything I do because I understand like who I am and everything flows from the top down. Everything flows from the kingdom down. So the things I do are actually like things for God. Now, do I do everything perfect? Of course not. There was one perfect person and they crucified him. It's Jesus. You know what I mean? But, but am I trying? Yes, I am. Does that excuse the times when, I'm, when I screw up? No. But like, do I, what do I do about it? I handle my business. Yeah. Lord, I'm sorry. I'll let you down here. Not from like a, oh, I'll never come back. Like, no, hey, like I, I gave in to what my actual... You know, like I got, I got angry too quickly. I got this. I what? I wasn't patient. I wasn't, I wasn't this. You know. And it's like, hey, I love you. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be like that. Cool. And just keep walking, keep walking it out. And would you say that because a lot of you have a lot of people that have a bad like view of not really kind of bad view of church because because yeah. there's like you said there's a lot of churches that don't celebrate this type of stuff. Right. They just say, oh, just you're forgiven. You're going to go to heaven, and they don't even like right. they, they don't. You know, yeah. a, 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 a life of flourishing and right. like they don't even talk about it. Right. Yeah. I would just say, like, you have to seek it out. You have. Unfortunately, the enemy has infiltrated churches. And Correct. We've, seen, we've seen it over the last two years. Yeah. We've seen the ones who talk about like social justice and all these kind of things. So funny. I heard Pastor Jurgen, he, he said a great thing he, at one of our meetings and he said, there's no such thing as social justice. There's just justice. Like we get in this whole, we like make it more important because of this color of our skin or, or our sex or what we feel like. There's no such thing as social. Social justice is the most anti-biblical thing out there. Justice. Just justice. Justice. Yeah. It's either right or it's wrong. Wow. Right? Yes. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But, but, but then we put this whole thing, like if you don't fly like a freaking rainbow flag or something out here, then now all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're not supporting Pride Month. Just immediately judging. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. Like, dude, it's crazy. So, yeah, but but I would say just seek it out. And if you need help, let us know. We we don't want to like, uh, it's not just like, oh, just go figure it out yourself. No, because we're actually meant to live life out, our kingdom life out in community. I in mean, we community. Were to, we, you and I were talking about people like uh, in your office before we started here about people we do life with. And like the community we're around, the people we, you know, you're, you, you graduated from the Pathfinder Apprenticeship, which was amazing. And now you're, you're, you're about to start your second iteration of guiding people through the process. It's a community. Right. It's like a community of like-minded people, not the same people, because we're not created to be carbon copies of each other. Right. Absolutely not. It's called the body of Christ, and the body of Christ has flavor. It has different things. There's going to be things that you're going to do that I can't do. There's a calling on my life that's different than the calling on your life. But it's all towards the same goal, to see his kingdom as it is in heaven, because it's actually one of the mandates. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. But who's trusted with that? God doesn't do it on his own. He does it through us. How does he do it through us? Those who are willing and obedient. Those who are willing to submit and surrender to what he's doing and he uses us to do it and there's nothing greater 
It's because, nothing greater. Because here's a, here's the There's thing. There's no greater calling. I, I mean, let me tell you something. Man. One, the verse that kind of shifted things for me was Psalm 37, 4, and it says, Delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. The funny thing is, is we, can, we convinced ourselves through life that the desires of our heart were certain things. It was a certain amount of money. It was a certain type of car. It was a certain house. It was living in a certain place. Maybe it was certain vacations. Maybe it was certain friends. Maybe it was No, the desires of your heart are the thing that God wove into you. It's the things that you encountered this last weekend when you're overwhelmed with emotion. There's nothing else for you to do but cry. Right. Like, you know, you, know, you had no intention of going there and crying, but there's nothing else for you to do because God is like, hey, son, like, these are the desires of your heart. For years, you thought the desires of your heart would have a successful business and to be generous and to be these things and to have a great family. But that's that's part of it. But the desires of your heart is actually what I created you to do. And when you're operating, correct me if I'm wrong, when you're operating in your gifting and your ability and your kingdom calling, does it even feel like work? No, no. This, this is it right here. It actually energizes you, right? This podcast is what awakened flushed out of me as my uh, my calling to uh, to harness other voices like yours which this freaking i'm gonna say freaking say whatever you want man. this podcast to this particular interview spencer right <laughs> that's cool it's gonna be killer bro but people but, are gonna love this but you see you see what i mean right yes like, like you i remember you when you you said hey man after doing pathfinders like the lord told me to do this i felt it on me and i'm gonna be obedient i'm doing it dude yeah look well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with what I've put into your hands. Now see, so you're just, you're being faithful. That's it. You're like, you took the first first faith step, which is I'm going to build out this office into a studio. And I'm going to freaking, I'm buying stuff and I'm going to do it. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to have guys on. We're just going to see what happens. Yeah, that's it. I'm just going to flow and, and I'm just going to be obedient to what God's put on my heart. And we'll just see where it goes. And who knows? Maybe you'll be better than the next Joe Rogan. <laughs> That's you know right. What I'm saying better yeah. looking, more muscular, <laughs> more vascular, more vascular, <laughs> <laughs> better tattoos. Yes, you know what I mean? I'll take it all. <laughs> Come on, yeah, man. totally. Oh, the dude. tatted up meathead vessel for God. <laughs> hey, man, you know, but but God uses us all. We're like I said, we're all different flavors. So I think a lot of times we thought we felt like we had to be a certain way to be like. Well, if I'm going to be a Christian, then I have to be like this. Now I would say this: if you're going to be a believer, then there are certain things we just shouldn't do. Like, like, look, there's a process for everything, but when I'm aware as a believer, when I'm aware of things which are counter to the kingdom of God that are existent in my life, then my necessary response would be to stop doing them. Right. It's just that simple. You know, one of the things we deal with a ton, especially in young men or just not just men in general is pornography. Mm -hmm. Hugest thing. I think pornography has been like probably the most detrimental effect on like marriages and just the culture in general, right? Because it's just this yeah. lie. It's just it's, and, and 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 dude, I was I was exposed to it at five years old. Five, I, five, dude. I reached in. Uh, you remember my dad had this step side Chevy and it had like the little like thing on the inside door, like the little little um, pouch, and I pulled it out. Freaking Jugs magazine, bro. Jugs, Jugs, blonde haired girl. Oh yeah, big gigantic boobs. I'm five, and I'm like looking at this thing. And I remember my mom comes out. And she's like, "Tommy, what you looking at?" And I'm like, ooh, ooh. and then she sees it. I just hear Mike, you know. So from five, but I remember. I still vaguely remember the image at five. Wow. I was like, and I ended up marrying a blonde haired girl with big boobs. So go figure. Wow. <laughs> How about that, huh? <laughs> but 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 then 
from the time from five dude seriously until like 33 man brutal really not uh, off and on you know but just it was an addiction it just was there and then i remember just one day i'm sitting there and i've been in church i think it was like for about a year and the conviction hit me and i was going to a website and i'm like and i'm like what am i doing man i'm a christian like why am i doing this and I remember I just said a very simple prayer. I wasn't even like spirit filled at the time. I wasn't like, I was in a good like discipleship church, but I wasn't really in like, like what we're at. And I just remember praying. I said, God, just take this away from me. And I remember it, but I took action. I remember I deleted all the, like the history, you know, so you could like type things in and yeah. it like automatically completes. Right. This is like a while. It's like 2008 or something yeah. like that. And I closed the computer and I never went back to it. Was it easy? Absolutely not, man. Like I was a professional, like chick checker outer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I, you know. Yeah. There was a time in my life where, like, say there's a girl over there. Because uh, you, you can tell from like a long distance away, you can yeah. tell the silhouette, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I could be like, oh, what's you know, like you're oh, looking yeah. over. Yeah. There's a time in my life I had to say, it, there was literally a, a a phrase that stuck in my head that said, "Avert your gaze, whatever." So what that meant was I didn't actually look there. I looked here. I, I just didn't wow. because I because because I would naturally go back to these like thoughts, and so I had to do these physical things to walk out the thing that I really wanted. And I can say, man, since I was thirty three, I never viewed that stuff again. So 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 since we're going there, go go yeah. back now prior to because now yeah. did your parents get you into church early? Were you Christian early on? So yeah, both my parents were Christians, right? Yep. But I I would say, like. Um, my mom was definitely more like, more like devout than my dad. And, um, my mom tried to always get us to church and stuff like that. But we were at like these churches. That, there was nothing to me that like really like called me to it. You know, it was yeah. like, you just felt like, I don't know. You almost like felt like shame, you know, even yeah. as a young person, you just kind of almost just felt like I don't belong. Like I don't belong here. I believe Jesus is real, but that's like it, you know, like I just, I don't know, just didn't click whatever there wasn't like what you and I have experienced right here, you know? So, but by the time I was like 16, I had our time. I got my car. I think it was like 16 and a half, 17. I didn't go anymore. I was like, sorry, I ain't going. I'm going surfing. And yeah. that was it. I just went like on Easter, Christmas, or my CEO, mom. CEO, right? Yeah, CEO? yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Christmas, Easter, only. Cri Christmas, Christmas yeah, Christmas, Easter, Easter only. only. Yeah. Right. It was something like that, you know, or, or my mom was like, you know, Mother's Day or something like that. You know, I'd go, but there was like nothing there. I always, I feel like I always believed because I was just trained to believe. I didn't question whether Jesus was real. I just was like, I don't really want anything to do with this because like, I don't, you know, when I look back, I don't see fruit. Uh -huh. I don't see actually anything that I want. And I don't see anything other than just like religious practice in like ceremony. I don't see anything. And that would you say that included your parents? Yeah. My mom, my mom was awesome. My mom was hard work and she taught me, she taught me by her. I mean, she just grinded it out, man. Yeah. Like made like no money and just grinded it out and like provided for three boys and one with special needs in the eighties, wow. which was gnarly. Yeah. Like they didn't know what the heck they were doing. I remember like my brother just go off, you know, like he's my youngest brother. He's cool. High functioning autistic, you know, lives on his own now and all that stuff. And has lived on his own really since he was like 18. Wow. But back in like the eight, like he's just dude would just go off. He just didn't even know. Like if you change, like he was really into movie. If you change this movie, like he just freaking lose it for like an hour. You have to like get it right back to where you left off. 
like calm them down and right. stuff like my mom's like dude like dealing with all that wow me and my other brother and like you know and then like you're a kid so you're like you kind of understand but you're also kind of pissed yeah you know but no with my mom i saw like hard work i saw like just grinding it out i felt bad for my mom you know because i felt like she just worked super hard and like you know just it was tough you know things were tough but she's freaking awesome she's a champion she's we're super close where's she at now where she, she lives in she she and she and she's remarried she and her husband live in Tehachapi. they retired like i don't know it was like eight nine years ago something like that yeah. so they're they're living up 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 in the mountains and and so you went into the military right at 18 19 19 i waited like uh i dude, was an entrepreneur man i used to build uh birdhouses you're kidding I, I used to tear down old like like rustic fences and barns and stuff and i'd build like birdhouses out of them and really go, like, yeah dude i used to put them in the back of my little toyota pickup and i'd like drive around to like different nurseries and sell them no way yeah dude for real i i had a rule back this is in 90 94 because I graduated in 94. Yeah. This is like in between like 94, 95. I had a rule that I would not go home until I made 100 bucks. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Whoa. As an 18-year-old, that was a money. lot of money. You know? big money. Minimum wage back then was four twenty-five an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was so funny, dude, because then I would just like get all my buddies and I'd be like, dude, we're going to AJ Spurs. It's like a nice steakhouse and I'd just buy all of them. I'd spend it every night. No way. <laughs> Yeah, the whole no, thing. The whole thing. The big shot. Dude, just like, oh, no, it's on me, bro. You I got know? it. Like, I got it. I'm flushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just ball it like five course meal. I'm flushed, dude. <laughs> dude, it's so funny. That's so, so cool. dumb. So I just had to go grind out more, you know? Oh my and then, god. And then I was like, I saw the writing on the wall. I was like, man, I'm small town. You know, it was like the dream where I lived was like you worked at the the prison, like because you, you could have like a state job. You know what I mean? And like get benefits and like health insurance. And that like, was the dream. That was the dream, dude. Wow. Like that was it. Like, oh man, maybe someday I could work at the state mental hospital or I could work at the California men's colony in San Luis Obispo, or I can work at the grocery store and then someday move up in the meat department and make 17 bucks an hour. And I'll be wow. Like, that's just what it was. But it was funny. Yeah, there's even something in me, like just knew that if I stayed, this is what's going to happen. So I'd like to tell you that I joined the military because I was some big patriot, but I really wasn't. Like I was like, hey, I joined the Coast Guard because I was a surfer and I got involved in a bunch of rescues and stuff in the out in the water, just like whatever random stuff. And I was like, man, I'll join the Coast Guard, be a rescue swimmer. That sounds cool. You know, yeah. didn't end up being a rescue swimmer. I mean, I was for a minute like on a ship, but right. that was like it. But it was funny. Like, so I joined and then I became very, more patriotic as time went on. But I didn't join because I was like, I'm going to serve my country. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. No, it was like, okay, I mean, GI Bill, benefits, like all this, you know? Yeah. Like, it was crazy just how small-minded, like, some environments are. Oh, yeah. Super small-minded, you know? And so the best thing I ever did was just get out, get away. And so um, when did your uh, spirituality, Christianity, when did that really set in to where you're at the level, like, even yeah. close to the level that you're at now and— yeah, that's a great question. I think it was multiple phases, but it started at um, a church in Virginia Beach when I was stationed in Virginia Beach. Because yeah. I got sta I was stationed in Virginia Beach from 2007 to 2011. And I remember we just came home one day. My wife was all stressed out. My wife was a teacher. She taught for like 14 years in public schools. She taught in like Compton, like gnarly wow. areas when we lived up in Orange County and worked in L.A. County. And um, she's highly educated. She's a great teacher. You know, and so then she, we come out to Virginia thinking, hey, you're going to get a job at some nice little school in Virginia Beach and blah, 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 little white picket fences and all this stuff. Now she gets hired in like South Norfolk. It's like 
25000 less than she was making in California because the cost of living is less. But it ain't that much less. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. it's not like... Twenty-five grand. It's not like sixty-five thousand to forty thousand yeah. less, you know. Right. So anyway, so she works at a gnarly school in like Norfolk, Virginia, which like you would think Compton like didn't even compare. Right. But I remember she was upset, and I was at this dysfunctional. I, I had moved over to this unit to start up, like to kind of bring culture into the unit, and I was like mid grade as a chief at the time, so I was like kind of mid grade enlisted, like a little bit senior. But the command, just the command climate was horrible. Mm. Our CO was just, it was just rough. And it was, it was the first time, because I'm naturally somewhat positive. Um, it was the first time I was like, this freaking sucks. I just want to leave here, you know? Yeah. Like, and I remember I came home one day and my wife's like, literally like in tears because of how stressed out things are. And I'm like, that's it. We got to go to church and give our lives to God. And I'm like, what did I just say? I was like, that, that kind of words never even come out of my mouth. Yeah. I literally feel like, like the Lord, like, like spoke something through me, because and, like. And, and so, how old are you right at this point? Forty six. Oh no, no at that, that point, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it was like thirty two. Okay. Thirty two. Yep. Yeah. So it's two thousand seven. So, yeah, I don't know what is that. We're I'm slow on that. Yeah, thirty two. Yeah, thirty two. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So I um, I'm like, I don't remember. I'm like, what did I just say? My wife's like, okay first church we go to we go to this church pretty close and uh i just i'm like you know they, they give like an opportunity to like rededicate your life to god i raise my hand i'm like okay we'll see what this is like and then it just slowly just from there it started i became like more consistent like going then i started tithing then i started like serving then i just started getting involved and we made these new friendships and some of them are like like friendships i have to today wow like i you know i was in like like kind of the you know like are kind of like warrior like type units it's like everyone's super tight and like oh you're my brother like i die for you and blah 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 and you think that that was like legit brotherhood but it was like the kingdom brothers that i made are like so much different you know i was like i had this idea of what like brotherhood was but it wasn't the same as like kingdom brotherhood and like there are people i still talk to, to today who were instrumental in my development i'd say i initially got like discipled there but where i really got lit on fire was here when we got out to San Diego, I came to Awaken Church and just like, I was already pretty well discipled, like in the sense, like I was serving, I was involved. Like you didn't have to convince me that like coming to services regularly was a good thing. You didn't have to convince me that tithing is a good thing for you, that serving is a good thing. You know, you didn't have to convince me of those things. So I came already at like kind of a level, but then it was like the spiritual awakening happened that like God's looking to freaking turn the world upside down with guys like you. Mm. And this is how you're going to do it. Like before I would be like, you know, if you came to me and you were like, oh, man, I'm just kind of like, you know, struggling with something or whatever. Oh, cool, dude. I'll pray for you. You know, but not like right then. Like I might do it later. And truthfully, I probably wouldn't do it later because I'd forget. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, dude, let's go. Yeah. Let's pray and believe. Let's right see now. something happen. Let's see. Oh, dude, your legs jacked up. Let's see if it gets healed. Let's pray. Let's just believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this spirit of faith that just rises up and seeing God move in things. You know, it's like literally changed everything. And like, I'll just tell you, brother, where I'm at now is like, I don't even know. Like, it's crazy. I'm like so excited for what's next because of what's happened. You know, and, and my and my story is kind of, you. Un- I, don't, I don't know, we're all unique stories. But I never really had like the crazy peaks and the really low valleys, like in my in my discipleship. 
right? As, yeah. In my time at the church, you know, like I just kind of had this because I feel like I had a great foundation built, and as dysfunctional as my some of my upbringing was, I actually had like good foundation. Yeah. Like I understood like responsibility. I understood hard work. Like I understood like how to treat people. I had I God gave me the gift to like kind of communicate, so yeah. I could I always was able to talk okay, right? So I had like these kind of foundational things. Then I got discipled in Virginia Beach. And so I had like these foundational things kind of already in place, even though I wasn't like a ton of power that I felt like Holy Spirit was working through me, yeah. but I had like the foundational pieces in place. So my, it's just kind of, you know, you know, it's like, it's like if you, it's like investments, right? It's like, yeah. if you like start early, it's like short, but, but then, you know, they give you all these tracks, like 20 years, you put a hundred dollars a month into right, yeah. a growth yeah. stock mutual fund from the time you're freaking 18 to 50. Like you're going to have like $3 million, but in the beginning, yeah. first year you got 1200. Yeah. Maybe if it right, doesn't maybe. go down, yeah. but then, it, then it's exponential because you've got so much principle, you know, it's not it's so much interest that's built off the principle you've done. Now it's just compounding. It's the same type of the kingdom's the same type of way. Mm, so it's like, it's so, it's so interesting when you give the best thing you could ever do is give God everything. One of the prayers that I pray, and I don't know if you, you remember when we had that ministry night, you know, it's just like, Lord, I give you everything, my body, my mind, my soul, my spirit, my heart, and my will. I give it all to you. Now, here's the thing. I don't give it all to him because I'm super religious. I give it all to him because that's the best hands it could be in. I give you permission to show me whatever you want to show me. If there's something in me that's not supposed to be in me, show it to me. And we'll deal with it. We'll handle it. Because yeah. I know that I'm going op- to work. I'm going I'm to operate in my most optimal form if I'm in accordance with the owner's manual. The owner's manual. If I'm in accordance with what you're calling me to do. It's pretty crazy. It's crazy. I and mean, did, did guys in the your service back there in, in Virginia, did, they come with, did anybody come with you? Did anybody yeah, see? some of them, yeah. Like, did you imme- did things flip immediately for you? No. No, because I was, I was still walking, like, in two worlds. Okay. Man. I was still, like, navigating, ah. like, this war. I remember, dude, I actually was, like, super skeptical about, like, church leaders. I'm like, they're talking about freaking leadership. They don't know nothing about leadership. Like, I'm training guys to potentially die like that's leadership it was it was insecurity yeah you know what i'm saying it was totally based off i just sit there and just freaking be like okay whatever man no kidding leadership what do you know about leadership ah like dude it was it was super skeptical and super like lame but then you just started to see over time kingdom principles like what did it for you was it over time just things started working the more you opened up the more he was working through you the more fruit would like yeah yeah totally like so for me just my life started to change things got better our relationships got better like you know like the people i was with you know like the it just things like you start thinking differently i saw people with like fruit on their lives like i looked at their lives that's one thing i would give everyone permission to do is do a freaking fruit check on everyone yeah like, don't just let anyone speak into your life. Like, fruit check them. Fruit check them. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> just go, is there something redeeming on them that I would want? Yeah. So it's great. You know, everyone's got opinions about everything, right? But yep. here's the deal. I don't want your freaking opinion if you've been divorced eight times unless I want to be divorced. Right. I don't need your opinion on marriage. It's that simple. Like, that, I would be an idiot. Yeah. It's that simple. You could tell me how you screwed everything up. I mean, sure, I, I learn from people's mistakes, but like, why would I go to someone for advice on that? Or say you have a, you know, a parent or something, and they've been divorced multiple times, and you're trying to keep your marriage together. They're probably the worst person to ask. Talk yeah. to someone who's been married for 25 years. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And has and has and still loves their wife. And still, yeah. And they love each other. Yeah. Talk to someone who see fruit on there. That's fruit. 
that's, that's fruit, fruit right there. That's tangible. Yeah. So it's like, look, I don't know you well, but I see how you guys are around each other. And I see that you've been married a long time. And I see that there's evidence in your life. Can I freaking take you to coffee sometime? Because I'm struggling in my marriage. Sure, man. Come on. I mean, there's people out there. So it's just like that anywhere. Yeah. Like if you want to learn how to invest money and make a million dollars, don't ask me. I haven't done it. I'm not saying you have to do. I could give you some 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 financial principles because I, I do believe in I do believe in financial stewardship and I've seen there's fruit in my life of stewarding what God's put into my hands. But if you want to like, hey, what should I invest in to make a million dollars? I don't know. Go ask somebody else. I mean, yeah. I don't know what what pick. My investments haven't yielded a million yet. And so going back to um, what we were talking about with the, when you said a lot of churches are not doing this, not doing that, like mm -hmm. you, you said infiltrated by the enemy, like, yeah. it, like how do you, how do you, like we talked about it briefly, but yeah. when you go into a church, how do you know right away? Do you just mm. feel it? Is, or, know, or is it another fruit check? JD, I, I think it's a great question because, you know, um, I hear about a lot of things from people who've come from different movements. Like I'm not, obviously I'm at Awaken Church. It's where I go. I, I've seen things. And how that, long ago did you get to Awaken Church, by the way? Oh, we were, we got here in 2013, May of 2013. 2013. So we've been here since then. What brought you here, military? Yeah. So okay. I, was, I was assigned here in San Diego. Wow. How about that? Yeah, dude. Was God, awesome. was God moving there, you think? Oh, yeah. God said, hey. 100%. <laughs> And then, wow. th then the next year when we created a billet for an E8 and brought my buddy Rick out. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. I, I was with his wife. Shifted. His wife, Michelle was in my Pathfinder yep. class. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it, she was, she sat right in this office. We had a little chat. Oh, that's awesome. Not, not on the podcast, but yeah. we were, you know, yeah, anyway. Michelle's great. I was there at their wedding. Yeah. Amazing. You know, on the beach in Virginia beach, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, but so I hear a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things from leaders of church, like things that they make public. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, Ooh, that's, you wouldn't want to be under that. You know, that's rough. You right. know, like, like a lot of the social justice stuff, like taking the side of anytime you see a church that like, that like identifies with a victim mentality, mm. the church is not the victim. Believers are not victims. We're victors of our circumstances. We never, you and I can never associate with, Oh, I'm victimized. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I can't. That's yeah. not kingdom at all, man. Not at all. That's like the most anti-king. So whenever you see like a church, no, look, I can recognize that bad things have happened to us, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So do I agree with the spirit of the world that I'm, I'm, I'm victimized and I can never do this? Or do I agree with the spirit of God, which kingdom promotion isn't dependent upon man. Kingdom promotion, God promotes. Yeah. So you think that God can't move the, can't move some, some person who's in a position of authority over you to promote you. Dude, that was the story of my career. I was a master chief at 16 and a half years with a two year break in service. I did things with yeah. kingdom principles, even though I wasn't kingdom the whole time, yeah. but I did things with kingdom principles and people would be like, dude, how, what? Like, I'm like, Hey man. And I didn't, and I wouldn't have like a freaking gold chart of like become master chief at 16 and a half years. I didn't have that. I just, I actually just did like kingdom things, treated people well, showed up on time, you know, um, looked sharp in uniform and did a great job, did the best job that I could. And that's literally, that was my key to success. That's it. I made E9, dude. I was like, you know, there's 300 of them out of 40,000 people. Yeah. You know, I was at the top of the top of my game in there, you know, like, so, and I'm not saying that to like, yeah. that title doesn't, you're, you're saying it's I'm that, proud it's that of simple. it. It's that simple. It was that simple. 
Kingdom was, principles. Even I did, I, I was taught kingdom principles even though I didn't know that they were kingdom. And the thing is, kingdom principles work even for non-kingdom people. It's because they're Talk God's that. principle, because God honors his principle. It's, it does. Look at, okay, wealthy folks. A lot, the Bible says there's a kingdom principle. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So, so yeah. someone who has something but tries to keep it all, they can't keep it. Money's spurting out, going everywhere, right? It's jacked up. But if I create a flow, I mean, there's generous people that are not kingdom people that are super wealthy, and they actually say that the key to their wealth is generosity. Yeah. Is giving it. Am I correct? Oh, you, yeah. You run in some of those circles. That, you, I, is, that, that is, is that correct? My circles, and that's me. That's I, I Before Awaken and knowing it was even kingdom principles, I'm like, to flow in, it has to flow out. Yeah, I mean, that's one of your, you know, make a difference. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so like, it works. Yes. It works. But here's the problem. It doesn't do anything about your eternity. Mm. So it doesn't matter. Your good works don't save you. So we still need to believe and call on the Lord. Kingdom principles will work even if we're not, even if we're not sons of God. You know, and to be a son, you've got to call Jesus your Lord and Savior. Yep. Like, he wants you to be a son. Everyone is invited. But to do that, you've got to call on him. Right now, all these things. Here's here's the beauty of it. Yeah. Dude, now this is gonna kind of blow your mind a little bit. Maybe. Yes, I good. don't know. Hopefully, come on. Sometimes when we talk it up too much, it doesn't work out. But we'll come see on. this time. So uh, we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And it is the belief in the heart and a confession of our mouth that we believe that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. He's Son of God. He was also God. He clothed himself in human flesh. He lived. He was with also earth. God. Yes. So there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. They're all they're all one, but they operate uniquely. Holy Spirit now is a gift given directly to you and me and all of us who are believers. Each right? one of us has the Holy Spirit. Each one of us who believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior has the Holy Spirit. Now there is there is a part that, that activates the Holy Spirit, which is a little different, but it's totally fine. Right? So yep. it's like when I call Jesus my Lord and Savior, I get all this stuff. Now there's an activation that occurs of baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that, and then that, that shifts. It's, it, that's not a salvation thing. That's to go out and do the works of the kingdom. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all three in one. It's called a holy trinity. Trinity, yeah. So it's all, all one. But here's the deal. Like, Jesus was God in the flesh, but lived as a man, understood temptation just like you and me. Lived for 30 years, and then for the last three years, went out and did miracles, signs, and wonders. Picked 12 guys, disciples, to go out and do crazy things, and they turned the world upside down. All the religious elite of the time thought they had it right, but they were, Jesus called them whitewashed tombs because it was all about like what it looked like on the outside, not what was actually on the inside. And Jesus came to talk about the heart. So now, three years later, after, so when it was 33, he's, he's brought up. F- phony charges because they're like we can't have this guy around because he's he's not he's not the messiah because they the the religious elite of the time expected that the messiah would be mm. a king would come in and like take kick the romans out and restore the kingdom like the the the, the like jerusalem restore yeah. all this stuff right yeah. and rule wasn't what he was he's like i actually came to serve not to be served which was completely different because those guys were used to being served totally different stuff right so then he's crucified Within three days later, he rises, and he shows up, and he's for 40 days, he's like with the disciples, doing miracles, signs, and wonders, doing other things. like, And then, then he ascends into heaven, and he gives us the Great Commission, go out and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
tells us he's going to be with us always. So he goes to heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father. We're seated in him, which means we're far above everything else, all principalities and powers, the kingdom of darkness, all these things. But if we don't believe that we are, then we're not. It's, it's whatever, what, what I believe. So I believe whenever I walk somewhere that I have the kingdom of heaven behind me. Whenever I go somewhere, that's what I bring where I'm going. Yeah. That's what I'm bringing kingdom everywhere that I go. So, so and, and I'll just say this real quick. A lot of believers will think just because I'm tempted that I'm sinful and it, they feel separated from God. Temptation, temptation isn't sin. Temptation is a, something that comes. It's a thought that comes. Yeah. It's what we do with the thought. So it's a lie from the enemy when he says, well, yeah, I know you don't. You said you were delivered of lust and pornography and all this kind of stuff, but you still want to watch it. So look at you. You're a freaking, you're a perv. You're stuck. You are, you're, you're not changed. No, you're just a lie. I'm just got to, I've got to, I got to submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from me. So I'll just continue to do that. It's a temptation, dude. I yeah. get temptations all the time. Yeah. You're like temptations to flip people off on the road. <laughs> do I do it? No, yeah. I decide not to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get temptations to get pissed off about something. I get to, I mean, tempted by fleshly things, you know, yeah. you see a good looking woman and you have a temptation to, oh, I'd like to check her out, but I decide not to do it. Because I know when I give into it, I give sin a foothold, and then sin is bad for my life. Living, uh, living a way counter to what God wants me to live is actually bad for me. And I've lived it, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not making this up. This isn't like hypothetical. Like the reality is, is when I lived the way I wanted to live, it actually hurt my life. Like the way my, my flesh used to want to live. Now when I live led by the Spirit of God, it makes my life better. I mean, that's just a fruit. of That's my fruit. Like you, no one can take that away from me. Right. Like that's my testimony. You, your test. That's why your testimony is so powerful. Your yes. story is so powerful because it's yours. Like it, you can, I, you can tell me your testimony. And I can be like, oh, that's bull crap. That's stupid. You can be like, well, you're an idiot because how would you know? Yeah. Like, unless you're just lying. And if right. you're lying about your testimony, it's like cheating in golf. It's dumb. It's dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's <laughs> dumb. Why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I shot a freaking 72. You know, Meanwhile, really, you shot kicking, 120. Yeah, you're kicking the ball. You know what I mean? And then you go and play with someone like, dude, oh, yeah, I'll pick that one up. Yeah, you just got a five, you know. Dude, it's par five. So yeah, I, par- I saw you say take 12 shots. Yeah. Like, stop Do the old throw. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it's stupid. Like, you're lying to yourself. You know, go out, you know, whatever. And, and nobody's benefiting there. No. Nobody. 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 Least of all you. Least of all you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so speaking of which, um, do you think that... The, one of the biggest now, because I, I want to dive further into the whole the whole Hollywood elite thing, right? Yeah, it's, dude. Or just people in general that are that are that are being tormented. Like you said, you've seen it all. Like yeah. when people come in and they're being you've you've had demonic, yeah. you've pulled demonic spirits out of someone. Yeah. Because yeah. so many people are going through so much stuff in their childhood. In their because oh, most dude. of the people they've had on the podcast, bro, I think maybe one or two out of twenty five have had a good childhood. Yeah. Maybe. That's tough, man. And I'm talking like physical abuse, yeah. verbal abuse, addiction. Yeah. Do you think that people walking around, people listening right now, like what is the percentages of people that are dealing with so much stuff that's inside of them? You said it earlier. You said, I just compartmentalized it. I have a hard problem with that right. word. And then just buried it like I did. Like yeah. when it happened, my parents divorced. Dad was like, hey, whatever, no big deal. I'm just going to put this here. I'm going to move forward like nothing yeah. happened. I'm good. Yeah. But it's there. Now, now listen to what you just said. Now, when we say that now, how does that sound now? Ridiculous. That's insane, right? Yes. 
but we don't know when we're kids. Yeah. You don't know. And, and, and you have like, you've had a, an awakening. Spirit of God has given you an awakening and you understand the trauma that comes with those type of thoughts and those to think that have, you and I, so our optimal design as a little boy or a child is to have a loving mother and a loving father. Right. In a great home where they raise you with kingdom principles they teach you these foundational things. That would be the optimal. Optimal, design, yeah. Right, and and obviously not many. That's that's probably very, minority. Very, very few. Very few. Yeah, correct. Right? Very few. Um, but so if that's optimal, so then not having, like having one parent who's just trying to make it, and have another who's just absent, would be completely like suboptimal, which would like jack. There would be a price to pay for that, like it would it would come at a cost. Yeah. So you're a survivor, so you figure out how do I survive in this environment? And you're resilient. You're made to be resilient. Actually, all of us are made to be resilient. We figure it out. But those things come at a cost because probably what you noticed, it was hard for you to really like connect like at a really deep level with people because there was only so much they could actually access from you. I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. that's not correct for you. It yeah, was it was yeah. for me anyways. You know, I was kind of yeah. like I was it was, I mean, I, I, could lo I love my wife, I love people, you know, I love my family, I love my friends, but it was like, there was also, there was a level that was not accessible in me. That was just the reality. And so, how many people? Oh, dude, uh, okay, well, let me put it this way. Uh, I would Percentage-wise, people are walking around with stuff that they, unless they meet someone like <laughs> I would say percentage-wise, at least what I've... And now this is in the church, right? This yeah. is like people mostly in the church because people who go to church that's usually what will dealt like with. meet with me for the most part. And I've met with people outside of it, but it's they're not really like looking for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like this is like people who are like, man, I just need some prayer. I need some ministry for something. It's whatever. Someone, hey, you should meet with this person or whatever. But I'd say it's a solid 80 to 85% of everyone that I've met with, or not met with, but just encountered and seen, have had significant trauma in their lives. Wow. Whether it was uh, abuse, rape, incest, molestation, just like like significant traumas in their wow. life. Wow. And the thing is, if you don't allow the Lord to, to help you with that, there's no way you can ever get healed of it. I'll give you a great example. Look at people chart, wow. start. People start like charitable organizations, right? Based on trauma that they have received, right? Yep. So they 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 start them because they want to. They at least this is my view. I could I could be wrong. But this is what my view is when I look at the fruit, right? When I look at things, they they start them because something traumatic happened to them, and they don't ever want it to happen to anybody else, which right. is noble and great. Yes. Right. But they haven't actually been healed of the trauma that occurred to them because they don't actually think they can be healed. But they think, if I can prevent others this from happening to others, that I will feel better about myself. But the reality is, is God's personal. He's a personal God. Like So he, he can look and go, man, I'm so thankful that you're helping other people out, but I'm actually really concerned about you. I actually want you to be healed because if you're not healed of the things that you're trying to help people either heal from or avoid— then you're never like you're you're never gonna actually like that stuff's not even gonna like really like make you feel good. It's like your mission in life. Yeah. Like that's it. And but it's never enough. Like it's never you're not actually operating out of overflow. You're not actually operating from here. Mm. And because of the I understand what the Lord has done for me and I understand my identity and I've been healed of all these things. 
this overflow comes through me and I operate out of overflow instead of deficit. Mm. I don't operate on like my own type thing. I just look at, I mean, a, a lot of the, the charitable organizations that I've seen for like trauma and abuse and stuff, like the people, they're not like happy. I mean, they're not like. And, and so describe the overflow thing again, like when you're yeah. working through, because that's big, right? That's profound, right? I've learned and I real, I understand what that means now being at Awaken, operating through overflow. Yes, yes. Yeah, so the, 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 you know, part of the Lord's prayer is my, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs, oh, my cup runneth over. It means like the cup that I have is full that, so full that it's actually running over. And what runs over is what goes elsewhere. You see, so, yeah. so, so when I understand my identity as a man of God, and I operate as a man of God in the things that I do, and I understand that my identity comes from him and him alone, through faith in Jesus Christ, right? So I understand that now I, my identity is not determined by how much money is in my bank account. It's not determined by how successful my business is. It's not determined by titles that I've had in the past. I don't, I don't have to hang on to all that stuff. Now I start to work through this area of like, the Lord has healed these things in me that, that, that now it's coming, it's a top-down approach instead of an, an up and out, it's an in and out approach. Of like of like doing things so what you'll notice is you don't get as tired you are and the things you're doing don't validate you you do the things you do because you just feel called to do it and you love it but it doesn't like validate you so in other words if that if that shifted or changed or the model changed or whatever it's not going to destroy you it's like no this is just this is what i'm called to do right now if if that calling changes and it goes to something else great that's just what i'm going to do but i'm operating out of i'm filled up i'm in a relationship with my heavenly father and and i believe that i am who he says that i am and that i'm called to actually do good works and to glorify him in everything that i do then things come out it's the same thing in reverse so here's here's how to handle um praise and public praise so if it, everything at this level, right, comes in, man, you're freaking awesome. Your message changed my world, this and that. You can see how some preachers and yeah. stuff can, can fall into the trap because you start to believe your own your own hype. Of course. And it's like, oh, yeah, I am pretty awesome. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And it comes in, you create a freaking pond instead of a river. Comes in, I hold on to it. Now I become dependent upon it. Instead of it comes in, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you honor God. So it's just this flow that goes up and a flow that comes down. So from God comes down and out from people, out, in, and up. It doesn't mean that I'm like weird. And if you like say, hey, dude, you did a great job on the podcast. I'm like, oh, it's all God, bro. And yeah, you know, yeah, I'm just yeah. like start getting like super awkward. You know, I can just yeah. be like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, and then I, and I'm just like, I'm in a posture of honor towards and God you, do, and everything do, that I do. Can you do it quietly yourself? Like say totally. like this, Hey, thank yeah, like, well, you. Yeah. Like, well, and, and I mean? I, but, but you know, it's, it's not as weird as like, if someone gives you a compliment, like that, I gotta and now just be like, Oh God, like this, is, I couldn't do this without you. And like all that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, maybe that's what you feel at the time, yeah. but it's like, it's like a life of honor. Like, Lord, I just love you. And I give you praise and everything that I do. May you receive praise for everything that I do because your word actually says it. Matthew 5, 16, may your light so shine that men see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. So if that's like my motive, my good work can glorify you. I'm already in that posture. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now sometimes there might be certain things. Maybe you, maybe you get asked to come and come and preach, and it's the first time, and then all these people have this crazy altar call, and 50 people decide to follow Jesus, and they come up, and you're ministering, and you're praying to them, and you just, oh my gosh, I can feel something. Then it's like I gotta make sure that I'm like shifting this, you know, God by God's grace, you know, Lord, let let the words that I say honor you. Yeah. The things that I do, never let the praises of man go go to my head. Never let them. Never because let again, them. like we said, if the praises of man validate me, then they can. Then the lack thereof, or if the change in them yeah. happens, they invalidate. Yeah, they make me. They can break me. Exactly. So the cool thing is, is God's the one who bestows the title of son or daughter, right? If you're a girl, you're a daughter. If you're a man, you're a son. You know, just to avoid any confusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things are confusing. Yes, now, they I are. I guess it seems to some. Um, then he's the only one who can take it away. And he ain't looking to take it away. I haven't found yeah. that he's looking to take it away. And so for those watching and listening right now, and, and I also realized that when I was with uh, Rex the other day and something that, uh, and I remember Jurgen saying something to me, or I think it maybe was in Leanne, because I, I had no, the, my father was so uh, non-existent in my life. Yeah. And I know I'm not alone here from people yeah. watching and listening that what really hit home for me with a, when they said, well, J.D., it's okay because your heavenly father right. loves you no matter what right. and has always been with you, always. Yeah. Explain that for the listeners and watchers, your heavenly, those that have, that are, you know, that, that pulled the victim card yeah. because they didn't have a father. Right. And listen, all due respect and God bless, whatever. Right. But have them wrap their mind around the fact that it's okay because you, you always have a heavenly father. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I think that's great. That's a, that's great, JD. Um, I, I want to say that hit home for me, man, and it makes yeah. me very emotional when I think about it. I want to say a couple things on that. Like, I, I want to say first of all, like how we think about things matters, right? So there, there's one aspect of like, okay, yeah, I, life was tough. Drive on, right? There's, there's like this, right. but yeah, you, you had God, so whatever. God was with you, even though you didn't know it. There's the other aspect of God. Actually, he he loves you. He actually wants to know you personally. He's actually created a way for you to do that. Call his son, Jesus, him, your Lord and your Savior. And he's like, he's like, hey, I'm personal. Actually, JD, the stuff that happened to you sucks. Like, I'm sorry that happened. You know, like this, like God, like this is yeah. this is how I feel. Like it actually sucks. I'm sorry that happened. But if you'll look to me, like I can heal those things. I can show you where I was. You can look back at time in your life and go, man. I didn't know it, but God was there. I mean, I have tons of times like that in my life when I wasn't even really like walking with him at all. Like that I look back and I go, things could have gone so much worse. You know, like I could have freaking died. I could, you know, whatever. This could have just been really, really bad. But, but I look back and I go, wow, he was there like all along. And, and it's not like what I always tell people when I walk them through pain with Jesus as the healer, as I go, look, like, like what happened to you wasn't good. Like, it, it actually wasn't good. Like, the fact that you were victimized, the fact that you were traumatized, the fact that you were abused, the fact that you were abandoned, whatever it was, it actually wasn't like, that wasn't like God's intent or his design for your life. God has given us all free will, right? So he's given us all free will. He, he didn't create us to be robots. But what I try to talk to them through is I go, but he can make good out of that thing. It's not that the trauma was good. It's not that, like, a young lady being molested by her grandfather is a good thing and celebrated in heaven. 
But what can come out of that? Because the Bible also says that God can work all things for good if we know him and are called according to his purpose. So if we meet those two requirements, that means he can bring good out of the trauma and the pain that we've experienced no matter how bad it is. Because it doesn't matter, because here's the thing, I've seen people affected the same way or worse by having a family that was together and actually loved them, but just kind mm. of felt like maybe their dad was a little distant. Like, like, like he loved, they knew he loved them and provided for them. They had a healthy home. They went on vacations and they did all these things. I've seen people affected more, like more severely from that than I've seen people who were like victimized for five years wow. by a family member or something sexually. But it's all how we interpret it. So what I've learned is that the pain, the things we've, we've experienced, it's relative to yourself. It's not relative. Like, in other words, I, the worst thing I can, can, can do is be like, well, J.D., what are you complaining about? Yourself wasn't that bad. Like, mine was way worse than yours. You don't even, That's a spirit of the enemy because it causes us to, like, not actually seek the healing for it. So what I do is I just sit there and I go, okay, man, I see how that's affected you. And, and I'm, I'm, first of all, I just want to say I'm really sorry that stuff happened to you. It's terrible. It wasn't God's design, but I want to tell you that God can heal you through it if you'll give it to him. If you'll surrender it to him, he can heal you, and we can, we'll lead you through a prayer. And we'll just pray and believe that something's going to happen, and you're going to see some, a miracle happen in your life that you never even thought was possible. And you're going to live out that scripture that says God can work all things for good if I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. And you're going to see. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go back and celebrate these, these terrible things these things that suck. It doesn't mean that. But it also doesn't mean that I'm going to live in the victimization of those things. Because we often think like, well, as long as I don't go back there, I'm actually okay. But actually, when you're healed, you can go back there. You can remember it. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. like, I pretend like this thing never happened. It's like, no, these terrible things happened. But because of God, I've been healed. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't have the same sting that it once had. Like I don't celebrate it, but it's also at the same token, it's like I've seen God's, the hand of God work in my life and shift something that I never even thought could be shifted. And I live from here forward. I don't live in the rearview mirror. The enemy always wants you to live out of your rearview mirror. Yes. So if you drive your car and all you looked at is the rearview mirror, you'd be screwed. Yeah. It, it would end pretty quickly. Yeah. But we, you, we have to glance at our rearview mirror, right? Our side view mirrors and stuff like that. Or changing lanes or doing something we, we look back oh, okay cool no one behind me awesome i'm going 90 there's no cop whatever you know whatever i'm just yeah. kidding right, right that, sure but, uh, i get it <laughs> but but you know but we don't live out of the rearview mirror we watch the windshield because that's where everything is happening that's where the majority of the things that are going to jack us up are going to happen is on on the road it's the same thing in life so we look going forward man but we do look back at times yeah you know a lot of times now look at you you're going to look back and go man i thought i had a freaking I thought I'd had it kind of pretty dialed, but dude, yeah. the stuff that's happening now, this is yeah. unreal. The only way you know that is if you glance in the rearview mirror. Totally. Same thing for me. I'll look at it and I just go, the life I live and the things I'm doing now is nothing short of a miracle. It's just like a freaking arm growing back that's not there. It's just like someone to me who was blind since birth now can see. But just like a resurrection, it's the same thing to me. It's, it's no less a miracle because the things that, that I, the way I've seen God work in and through me in and through me, not just through, in and through. Right. Remember, yeah. in and through. It's really hard to operate when you're not operating out of the overflow, right, the top-down approach, because then what happens is you're operating on gifting alone. Mm. And when I operate on gifting, eventually I'm going to fatigue. Okay, go into that real quick. Yeah. 
So we're gonna land the plane. By the way, you're flowing here. Give me. Let's yeah, bro. Finish with this right here. Okay, go, go. So when I operate on gifting, gifting alone, because remember, gift yeah. a gift was something I didn't have to do anything to get. Christmas morning, dude, you're you get a gift just because you're part of the family. You didn't yep. you didn't actually like earn that gift. You just get it right. You right. open it up. Maybe it's something you wanted. Whatever it is, a gift from God. Gifts, talents, and abilities, I like to say. Lord, I thank you for my gifts and my talents and abilities, the things that you've given to me that I didn't have to do anything to get, right? So when I operate on gifting, it's something that God's already given me. But now if I don't have the character to back up the gifting, right? So maybe I'm a gifted communicator. And I can carry actually a message because I'm a gifted communicator. But I'm sitting here talking and I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm not actually operating in partnership with God. With my gift, I operate in my own strength, my own stamina, my own capacity, my own endurance. And eventually, I will run dry. Eventually, I will fizzle out. Eventually, it will go away. It will become exhausting. It will become tormenting. But if I go, God, thank you for what you've given to me. I give you everything. Like, you've given it to me. I give you everything and want to honor you with everything. So let's partner up together. I want to do it your way and with you. Now it's like you're partnered with him. You have his strength to rely upon mm. versus your strength. And with his strength, we can do anything. Anything. All things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Absolutely. A hundred. That's what I've seen. That's what I've seen. Like, that's what I've seen. So it's like, and I mean, like, like there's nothing that you could say or anybody else could say that would take that from me because I've seen that. I've seen it. Like, I, you yeah. can't, dude, it's done. Yeah. But... When I, and, and we all sometimes can fall into that trap because like, I'll give you an example for me, I, I'm actually really good. Like having these, having like conversations that are like investigative in nature in the sense of like, like walking people through healing and stuff. Like I actually like, it's just a gift that God has given me, like the gift to ask the right questions, right. just to get to the root of the matter, you know, to create the aha moment. But there'll be times when I will do that and I'm gifted in it. So if I'm not fully submitted and surrendered to God, I'm, I'm relying on my own strength, right? Like in that, and I just always go. So when anytime I minister to someone, man, I just, I'd go, Holy Spirit, I just give you everything. Like you've given me gifts and abilities, but your way is way better than my way. So I yield, I submit, I surrender, I have faith, and I am dependent upon you to show up. And he always does. And is this something that, is that part, the part that, like, how do you know when you're working in just your gifting or if you're gifting, mm. you know, how do you know? Yeah, I mean. Like, do, do you actually internally verbalize to him saying, God, I give you everything. I give you the, you know, the this all glory to you. Yeah. Work through me. Yeah. Is it a conversation? So, sometimes it is. I think it's also just, just a countenance, like where you're at. You know what I mean? Like, so oftentimes when I'll rely on my own strength, it usually it's usually in times when I, I'm, I'm kind of falling off of like having like a prayer life, you know, reading, reading the Bible. Cause God, the Bible is God's living word. That yeah. would be the other thing I would say to your listeners who don't get a Bible, a holy Bible and just like say, God, reveal yourself. If you're real, reveal yourself to me. And then I want you to start in the New Testament. The New Testament. Start in the New Testament. It's Old Testament and New Testament. Right. They're both amazing and great, and we need we need to have all of them in it. We can learn something from all of them, but the New Testament reveals Jesus. Got it. Like okay. it, it's the revelation of who Jesus is. The first four the first four uh, books in the New Testament are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and those are the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. 
and they, they show in different and then just ask and then he will he will be revealed to you through the scriptures and you don't need to get crazy read read like a couple paragraphs or something yeah like I, i'm like, at the point where i can read maybe a page if i'm cool, lucky great do something and, and just every something. single time something on something that comes page up. yeah comes out isn't it amazing how kingdom kingdom principles are timeless because what here's what here's a church to avoid is a church that says yeah that's like for what it was but now things are different like this is no the interpretation doesn't change the times change but the principles are timeless yeah. they're the same like there's no compromise you don't you don't sit here and go if, if you believe the bible says that sex is between a husband and a wife well yeah but like now things are different cuz like people are basically like they're basically married like if some religious leader is saying that, run. Yeah, run. They have no conviction. They don't even believe the Bible that they read, that they say they read. So run, get and, out of there. And would you say that most most self help books, if not all, are derived from the Bible? I, I think the the ones that I've read or heard about, yeah. you know, like like they they just take kingdom principles and package them in a different different light. Like some some of them, you know, some of them don't obviously, but but the ones that are actually successful would there would be a variation of. For sure, I 100 agree. Because I've been told that, yeah. and I'm now experiencing it as I'm reading yeah. the Bible. Going, wait a minute, this is the same success yeah, yeah, principle, yeah. yeah, as that I've been reading for 20 years yeah. in all of the books, the hundreds of books That's that amazing, I've read, dude. right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't read that many of them, but because people have told me this, I'm like, really? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my god, they're they're right. Yeah. It's here. It's already here. Yeah. yeah. All here. No, no. Every no. bit of it. It is. It's the most plagiarized book out there. The most plagiarized. <laughs> <laughs> so, so start with the New Testament. Yeah. Um, people that want to be, because it, it, would you say it's fair that God can't truly work in us and through us if we're not healed ourselves? Would you say that that's pretty? Is that pretty fair, or, or can people still do God's work? Oh no, you can even still if do they're God's not healed. Work. You can still do God's work. I just think you're in your most optimal state when you allow the Lord to transform your life fully. And, but, but here's the thing, JD, we don't ever like arrive. Okay. Right? You know what I mean? They're the, like, like, All right. we don't, we're we, finishing on that. So go into this. Yeah. We, we don't ever actually arrive. We're always changing. So to me, uh, if you think about structures of success in the world, they're pyramid shaped, right? Yeah. So it means like, you know, maybe I work somewhere. I kind of started, just take a military structure or any kind of, you know, organizational structure, right? There's more people at the kind of entry level at the bottom, right? Then you get promoted, you're like a supervisor, right? And you start to move up. Then you get promoted, now you're like a uh, you know, branch manager, then this and then that. And then maybe you're like the CEO. So at the top, there's like a CEO, a CFO, whatever the other ones are, you know. Um, there's like five people at the top. And then there's like the owner, right? right. Just, and yeah. then there's a board or whatever, whatever it is, whatever yeah. the structure is, yeah. right? So it's like there's less and less people at the top. What I've noticed in the kingdom, it's inverted. Really? It just, dude, it just goes forever. Because it's like the things that God's revealing to me now were not things that I was able to have him revealed to me 10 years ago. I wasn't ready. Because like I didn't have the foundation built, but that's the, the foundation. beauty of the kingdom is it's like they could take guys like you and me and like we can do go out and do crazy, crazy. things that we never even thought were like something that, first of all, that was even possible. And if it is possible, sure as heck wasn't reserved for you and me to be involved in. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's what I found is it's inverted. So there's not like, sure, there's hierarchical, hierarchical structures in workplaces and things. And even at our church, right, there is. There's a, yeah. there's a structure, which is a kingdom structure, right? So right. you have Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, which are the lead pastors. It doesn't mean they're God. We don't worship them. And they would never want that. That's not the culture. But that's who God's entrusted to oversee 
the awakened church movement, right? You know what I'm saying? Like yes. what is going on? Yeah. And then under them, they've put people in areas of responsibility to, to oversee different things and they were, and it's so on and so forth. In the kingdom, man, it's, it's just, everything is flipped. It's like, there's this like entry point and then it's like, what do you want? Like, do you could stay at the beginning of the, of the reverse pyramid. You could stay right there. Yeah. But if you address the things that the Holy Spirit shows to you, then you're going to move. You address the other things, then you're going to move. You address the other things, you're going to move. You address it. And then you come to a point where you're like, man, I, I, I'm just excited to see what's next. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, it's, it's endless. It's, it's inverted. What I found is the kingdom principles are opposite of worldly structures and principles. The opposite. The opposite. So it's like, so, so a worldly structure would say, if you're going to be a kingdom person, well, there's only like a certain amount of room at the top for people. There's only so many people that are going to be like the lead pastor of Awakened Church or of a church. So if you're not going to be a pastor, then you're not. No, the kingdom principle, there's, that's a worldly principle, right? Saying, well, hey, you know, this is as far as you could go at Awakened Church. You'll be like a volunteer leader for Pathfinders and that's it. You're stuck. No, but like kingdom god's like dude i can use you to do anything i want you in this environment because i think this is the greatest environment for you but look and see the dreams and the desires you delight in me i'll give you the desires of your heart and they're going to blow your freaking mind and now you're just going to keep moving now it's like hey can i really trust you with the desires of your heart how do i find out you got to prove faithful what god has given me so when the holy spirit shows something to you and says hey jd i need you to address this issue it's called conviction the holy spirit so the spirit of god when they when he corrects it's through conviction and conviction is a notification of something that is out of order but leaves hope the world and the kingdom of darkness operate by condemnation ah. which is a notification that something is wrong and you're so jacked up you might as well not even try to change it so it doesn't have hope condemnation there's no hope there remember the kingdom remember the father is faith Hope and, and love. love. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of which is not seen. So if I don't have hope, I can't have faith. Period. 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 Because it's the substance of things hoped for. So pull hope out. The and substance of things, evidence which is unseen, that's fear. Yeah. Fear is a belief that something that hasn't happened yet will happen like i'm fearful that i'm gonna yeah. lose everything we ain't lost anything i'm fearful that i'm yeah. gonna but well, but your belief how about we have faith and let's hope and believe let's re let's impart some hope and let's let's believe that the opposite's gonna happen yeah. and, oh in its downturn it's like what you said hey man covid was actually the best thing that ever happened to my business mm -hmm. in the beginning it was crazy but what actually what actually happened out of it is we've gained such efficiency and it's crazy 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 and so the world because you looked at it differently dude yeah you chose to look at it differently i did you could have easily bought it. oh it's not going to work people aren't going to be which a lot of people did a lot of people did they folded and went under lost everything you know yeah. like like game over right. but you Done. you saw it differently and decided to approach it differently and you revolutionized things that you've done for 20 years which were staples of how you did things and now you're like hmm yeah okay that's kind of amazing yeah incredible and it's no accident that that's the year that i arrived at awaken i don't think so but I, people could draw their own conclusions like you know? literally i met dr matt we started a business collaboration yeah. 
we told people told us about each other for years. I don't know if you know this. I didn't know that for years. Ye- but. Two to three years, we heard about each other. You guys need to meet. You guys need to meet. You guys need. And it wasn't a Christian thing. Yeah, it was business. No, business. Yeah. It was energy. It was passion. Yeah. Uh, mentality. You guys need to meet. Need to meet. Need to meet. Finally, at the beginning, right before COVID, January of twenty, we finally met. And then COVID hit two months later, and I told Matt, I said, Matt, I don't think we're going to make it. He goes, you're going to make it. I'm going to send you all my clients. Don't worry about it. We got it. You got it. I said, well, I switched to appointments. He goes, perfect. I'll send everybody here. So we sent everybody to each other. And then four months later, I heard that they were Christian. I got nervous. I was like, ooh, this is going well. I'm going to get attacked now. Great. (sighs) Then they defied the orders, and I said, baby, let's try this church out. And the rest is history, man. I was like, ooh, we're in. That's fruit. I didn't know fruit, but it's like I see fruit. What yeah. I was looking at was fruit. You saw, and and also because of the defiance Correct. of the of the ungodly and unconstitutional things that happened in our county yes. and in our nation. Yes, like you saw faith because you saw somebody stand up, and That's it came it. from the least like you probably didn't expect to see faith and courage from a church. Nope. When I saw Ever. somebody actually walking the walk with a church, yep. The first time I'd ever seen that yep. personally. Yeah. Really walking the walk. Right. That was it. Yeah. That was you it. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't like, you can't argue that. You can't take that away. Like that's the reality. And then you're just like, oh my God. That was it. At the end of the day, that's what people are looking for is realness. Realness. Something that's real. I think it's kind of funny. Real deal. Yeah. Like, come on. Hey, yeah, like, you know, that's kind of cool. But, but seriously, at the end of the day, that's what people want. That's why I tell people like in your workplace, like be, you're going to find when you first start to follow the Lord that people, you're going to get tested. Yeah, because the enemy's like you're full of crap. I've 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 had access to you. You've been a non-factor your whole life. You're going to continue to be a non-factor. And you'll see, especially see it in the military, like people who have this like transformation. They go and they're like, "How do I?" You know, everyone's so negative and all. This. I said, "Just be real. Just be, be honest. Be real. You have a testimony. You don't need to sit here and and you know smack people over the head with a Bible. Like that's stupid. Yeah. You know, one stupid. of my one of my favorite quotes is by this. Saint Francis of Assisi, I think that's what he is. If I get it wrong, I'm sorry. But um, anyways, he said, by all means, preach the gospel every day and when necessary, use words. And when necessary, use words. When necessary. So, so that means e- our actions, right? Yes. Uh, our actions speak louder than our words. That's it. So live, be real. Like be a real person. Like don't be fake, be real. Okay, so on this note, this is now we're finishing with this. <laughs> okay. Everybody watching that's freaking out about, and they're, and they're doing it again, dude. Put it on masks for San Diego oh, Unified. Dude, oh my God, the COVID things are coming back. And meanwhile, it's just a cold at this point, right? It's oh, so, for, so on that. Do you what really you, want to know what I think about that? What you just, hold on. No, okay, we're gonna, okay. but we're going to finish. Maybe we'll have a part two. <laughs> part two. <laughs> a whole COVID episode. Oh. Finish with what you just said. What can you do as a human being right now that you've been fear mongered for yeah. the last two and a half years of your life Oof. and you are you have submitted to fear, you're wearing masks, you still think masks mm-hmm. work for some reason, and uh, listen, I don't care, I'm gonna say it, you think the vaccine is good, yeah. you think it's good for your children, and you're, but you're worried, and I get it. So no judgment here, yeah. no judgment, because yeah. you just got programmed yeah. negatively, fear mongering for two and a half years, so I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. What do you tell them right now? How can they move forward and live a more a life of joy and fulfillment and happiness? Is, what can they do? Great. That's a great question. Um, well, first of all, fear is a spirit that comes from the enemy. Fear does not come from God. 
The Bible says very clearly, one of my favorite scriptures is 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. What you've noticed in this whole thing, there's there's an absence of a sound mind. Yeah. There's, there's, there's an identification of power, but not power in you and me. Power in these freaking ridiculous yeah, CDC people, people who don't even more ridiculous, right? Yeah. It's completely ridiculous, right? And love, forget it. You've been, we've been programmed that the only way I show love is, well, I wear a mask because I want to protect my person. Right. You can't, you, you don't have a sound mind because you don't see the nonsense and all this stuff. But when you agree with the spirit from the enemy, you get a fruit of the enemy. So when I agree with the spirit of the, of fear, I'm not agreeing with any spirit that God gave me. I'm agreeing with the spirit that the enemy gave me. So now I reap the rewards and the benefits of whatever the enemy wants me to have. So what does that mean? It means more fear. It means more anxiety. It means more control. It means manipulation. It means all these crazy things. It means putting a mask on your freaking child. Yeah. Put your mask on. To, I, I see him. It's yeah. insane. Like, it's I'm everywhere. like, dude. Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. I knew the fix was on from day one. You know, how did I know? The spirit of God inside of me. The Holy Spirit was like, this ain't right. Like, it ain't, it ain't, none of it's right. None of it is what it's being said. I just knew on the inside. Like, I just knew it. It's, it's no, it, it ain't happening. And a lot of people did, but a lot of people didn't. A lot of people right. were super jacked up about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you agree with spirits that come from the enemy, steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy operates by fear. He operates by anxiety. He operates by control. He operates by chaos, confusion, rejection, self-hatred, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, freaking death, murder, destruction, yep. all these things. Yep. Those aren't those... Those are not everything that's happened in the past two and a half years. Let me tell you, the fruits of the spirit of the living God are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine. There's nine fruits of the spirit. You live your life. What are the thoughts that come in? Do they bring faith, hope, and love? And do they bring in the fruits of the spirit of God? If they do, that's, some, that's a place I can go. It's a place I can go. But if they bring in these other things, they bring in steal, kill, or destroy. Look at look at this whole COVID agenda. It's been to steal everything. It's been to steal your business out from under you. It's been to kill your business, to destroy your business, destroy the family. What could be worse than not being able to see your freaking dad's face or your mom's face? What could be worse than being in a classroom and not being able to see each other's faces and not being able to see your teacher's face? What could dehumanize people more than a stupid mask that doesn't do anything anyways except cause more health problems in healthy individuals? Yeah. Dude, insanity. Nothing. Insanity. It does nothing. So it, it's if you can't see it, it's because you're deceived. And what do they do? Can they do anything at this point? Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, call on the Lord. So if they're believers— then they got to understand that they're they're not believing they're not they're not operating under the manner of the spirit of God. If it brings fear and anxiety, that's not the spirit of God. Yeah. Here's I'll give you a great example. I have a spirit of wisdom because wisdom comes from God, and I've asked for it. And the only people who can actually have wisdom are people who follow God, because wisdom comes from the Lord. So people can have knowledge and and they can be smart, but they ain't got wisdom because wisdom comes from the Lord. So the Lord gives me wisdom because I call upon Him to ask for wisdom, right? So wisdom tells me. Like, hey, I'm probably not going to go and hang out at Barrio Logan at 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm not afraid. I go there. I don't go there because I'm smart. Yeah. Like, unless I'm going to buy drugs or something like right. that, which yeah. I don't do. 
So, you know, I would avoid certain things because I'm wise. Like, I don't put myself in certain environments because I'm wise. Not because, I'm, oh, my gosh, I'm so afraid something's going to happen to me. But fear is like total. Fear drives like fear is like, oh, my gosh, we can't go outside. We got to all have our masks on. Make sure we're wearing our masks in our cars, too, just in case. We don't want to kill grandma. And what you're saying is the fruit that's that comes from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, well, it's it's evident. Like, do you feel more self-control? Do you feel peace? Do you feel love? Do you feel joy? Do you do you what do you feel? Are you scared? You're so scared that you board up, boarded stuff up. And, oh, my gosh. The ninja variant, the BA5, whatever the heck they are. is nonsense about them bringing this. Oh, my gosh, they're doing it again because cases have spiked upwards. I haven't done the research yet, but I think they said it's something like because they had like 20 positive tests. And like, I don't remember the exact. It was some ungodly numbers, like 100,000 people. Yeah. Positive. And, and oh, by the way, the testing is nonsense. Yeah, anyways, the t- and the testing right? is. And there's people that they don't even have like so, symptoms. So it's that simple. If you're watching this, listening to this, and you're living in fear right now, yeah. check yourself. Yeah. Is it one of the nine? What were the nine again? Yeah. Let's finish Love, with that. We're going to finish that. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Live like that. If you if, if those are the if those are the if the, if that is the fruit that the thoughts that you agree with produce, then you're probably on the right track. Ladies and gentlemen, real deal talk. We're wrapping with that. I promise we're wrapping with that. Can we pray? Yes. Can I pray for the audience? Yes. Is that cool? Yes. Are you, say whatever. Do, do you, you want to? Do you, do you, hold on a second. Yeah, go. Do you understand? Look at the goosebumps on my arms here. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it was coming. Really? 15, 30, 20, 30 minutes ago, I said, he's going to finish this thing and ask if he can pray for the audience. Come on, man. And I, I'm not even kidding you. That wasn't me saying that, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe. You tell me. I knew. I knew it. You just it. knew in your spirit. There's something I in there. knew right. it. So yes, awesome. hit us. All right. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this time. God, I thank you for JD. I thank you that he's a good and faithful servant, that you love him. I thank you for the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you've given to him. Lord, I thank you for the desires that you've put into his heart. Lord, I thank you, God, that, that the things you've done in his life are amazing. I thank you, God, that you are always with him. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in him now. And I thank you, God, even more for the things to come that he doesn't even have any awareness of. That as he goes in that reverse pyramid, Lord, that you're just going to elevate him because you're going to go, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with what I put in your hands. Now watch and see what I can trust you with. God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I pray for every person listening right now. I pray for those that follow you right now, Lord, that they would live a life that is, that is marked by faith, hope, and love that they would bring your kingdom as it is in heaven here on earth, which is the greatest thing that we can do when we partner with you. Lord, that as they delight in you, you would give them the desires of their heart, that they would build healthy, amazing, thriving communities and do life with like-minded people. I pray blessing over them. I prevent every plan of the enemy to steal, kill, or destroy anything attached to their lives in the name of Jesus Christ, the holy, righteous, and mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now for those that are, maybe they're just skeptical. They're like, I don't believe this stuff is nonsense. Like, hey, oh God, I pray that they would be bold enough just to ask for you to show yourself to them and that you wouldn't disappoint because you never do. I pray that you would reveal yourself in such a real way that there is nothing else that could take it away. In the name of Jesus, I pray for fertile soil, that they would, they would see something, they would see you, that Jesus, you would show yourselves to them. 
Because the greatest thing that we could ever do is follow you, is to, is to call you our Lord and our Savior, and to, to know that you've actually called us to do amazing things on earth. Lord, I thank you, God, that our words create life or death, and that we would always choose to create life. Lord, I can give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, baby. Amen. All right. Huh? All right. Spencer, huh? That's a wrap. Real deal talk, baby. Uh.